All right. Uh, I'm trying to share this on the social media. That's why I'm leaning like this. But that's all right. Nobody's paying attention to that. Um, yeah, we are uh, here for the for the bracket thing. Hold on. All right, I'm good. <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, 2023 NCAA tournament bracket has arrived. It is here. Uh, a lot of things were said on the on the internet as there typically are when the bracket uh, comes out. Uh, I've been doing my studying for the last 37 hours. My right eye is twitching. That can't be good. I don't know why. That should be illegal for that to be happening on the week of the tournament. But hopefully, I'm good to go. <laughs> Uh, by Thursday, um, but it, it is here, it has arrived, uh, it all starts tomorrow with the uh, the really, I mean, I'm not, I don't think that we're going to get any sort of aesthetically pleasing basketball during the first four, but that doesn't mean I'm not going to watch. Like, I think Mississippi State Pitt could be a disgusting game, and Arizona State Nevada's got a little bit more potential, but I'll give you a Mountain West stat that's going to blow your blow your socks off later on. Okay. Mountain West, four teams, huh? Oh, we'll get there. Crazy. We'll get there. Uh, starting here with the four regions, and I'm not going to do what Rothstein does, which is just name, give like a stupid, weird name to the regions, but I kind of want to go over like the first things that you think of when you get to these regions. You know? Yeah, that sounds great. Chad Winder said he'd be here, so he's here. That's good. Uh, yeah. Um, Showing up. Yeah, well, it might be the only viewer that we get today. That's all right. Maybe people will listen after. Probably not. But if you haven't filled out your bracket yet, make sure you listen to this before because we're definitely going to be a big help, obviously, um, with our expertise. One of us. One of us. Yes. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, look at your conference tournament record. It was pretty good. Yeah, I'm pretty good at guessing. Sure. That's what this is. It's a guessing <laughs> game. Uh, and I think the less you know, the better you do in a lot of cases. I, just I think historically speaking. Um, so the South region is, is where you start here. And obviously it's where the number one team is. It's where Alabama is. Um, I think the first thing that I think of with this region is the six eleven matchup, which I think could be explosive. Uh, Creighton, NC state, you got NC state's great backcourt. You have the historical record of the ACC in the tournament over the last few years. There's always a team that you don't expect to go deep that goes deep, a.k.a. last season. I'm not even going to say North Carolina. I'm going to say Miami was an Elite Eight team last year. Yeah. And uh, something to think about there. I believe they were a seven seed. I believe so, seven or eight. They were seven or ten because they beat uh, Auburn in the second round. That's right. And then they beat, what, Iowa State or something in the – in the Sweet 16, they lost to Kansas in the Elite Eight. But anyway, uh, that's kind of the first thing I think of when I think of the South. What's the first thing you think of, really, would be my question for you. Uh, my first thing is, who's going to stop Alabama? And my answer is that team that plays in Tucson. Okay. You talk about a team that has the length and the shot making, yeah. that's the team that can match up against Alabama. I think that's the worst possible two-seed for Alabama that's the only thing that that I think hinders Alabama because I think the road to the Elite Eight should be easy for them, if we're being clear. I mean, yeah. that's very easy. But the worst possible two-seed for them, I think, is Arizona. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess Kirk Carissa needs to get healthier, get that Yeah, shoulder. but that doesn't even, yeah. even need Kirk Carissa. I well, think, he's going to chuck up seven threes and yeah, but he, broadside of barn. They he's a little bit, little bit better against UCLA. Here's the thing about Arizona is Courtney Ramey made one shot 
in that Pac-12 championship game, and it was the big one. It was the follow-away three that essentially ended the game. I think you're going to get more from Courtney Ramey in the tournament. I think Kirk Creasy gives him some days off, get uh, get the rest. I think Arizona's poised for a really deep run. Last year they didn't go as far as they should have. They lost in the Sweet 16 to Houston, almost lost in the second round to TCU. The nation needs to hate Kirk Creasy because I think that's going to happen this year if they make a deep run. Yeah, and I think that Arizona has an easy path to the Elite Eight as well. So I think I think this region is the most set up for the one versus the two in the Elite Eight by far. Yeah, we probably won't get it just because that's how stupid this is. And I have some other stats about one seeds that we'll get to in a little bit. Um, okay, let's swing it over to the Midwest region, the top right side of the bracket. Um, I'm just gonna. Well, I have a bracket here that I can pull up on the screen, but I can't zoom in with it. But it's pretty readable in comparison to the other ones. Um, so we'll just, uh, you know, you could just give a look. The people watching and just give a quick look to the Midwest region here, and then I'll take it away. But, uh, you know, first thing you think of here, I, I'm going to go with um, the possibility of a 12 versus a 13 in the Midwest region with Kent State being as good as they are against Indiana. And who knows if Norchad Omir is hurt. I think Miami probably still beats Drake, but maybe. I mean, Drake is is old and – and they won a lot of games this year, and uh, they absolutely ran away with the Missouri Valley uh, championship game against Bradley, who was the one in that uh, in that tournament. So that was an oversight that I didn't pick Drake. Should have known. <laughs> I got invested in the fact that I wanted to see another team from the state of Illinois get into the tournament, which did not even come close. To, I mean, there were so many bad teams this year yeah. from the state. There was a couple of good ones. Like Southern Illinois made a nice little run. Yeah. SIUE wasn't too bad. Loyola was horrific. DePaul was horrific. Uh, Bradley was good, but like I said, fell short. So that's the first thing I think of is uh, the possibility, maybe the most likely 12 versus 13, other than maybe, I mean, the South might, you can make an argument, but this is the big one here. Yeah. Um, I guess my thought would be, I, I'll, I'll stick with the one seed uh, motto. Can can Iowa or Auburn somehow outshoot Houston to victory? I think the big factor for Houston is going to be Marcus Sasser. Right. How healthy is he? He wasn't even there last year, and they still got to the Final Four. So, Correct. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of the Kelvin Sampson thing is just murdering everybody in the tournament until you lose. That's kind of what they do. Um, I'll say that the committee is hoping for a Kelvin Sampson versus Indiana Sweet 16, and I think that's what they hope they're going to get. I don't think they're going to get that. Um, I think Auburn is about as big of a fraud as a fraud gets. So it's it's kind of hard for me to pick that, though, because you know Fran McCaffrey's history in the tournament. Right. And, uh, Iowa hasn't even gotten to a Sweet 16 with how many good players and good teams he's had there. I think that speaks a lot about the fact that they don't play defense, I guess. Um, but it can't get worse than it did last year for Iowa. They lost in the first round of Richmond after Iowa was the hot Final Four pick yeah. out of their region. After yeah, winning the big, it just shows you, yeah, conference yeah. tournaments. I'm not going to, I've been doing that in the past where I think too much about the conference. Like, I can't think about that because I think this year's team that's the hot team to get to the final four because of their conference tournament is the team that is the two seed in the East. And I don't think I'm going to fall into that trap, but we'll see. Uh, all right, let's go down to the West region. Bottom right, people get a look there. The region of death. Or as Rothstein <laughs> so brilliantly put it, the uh, the quote unquote uh, what do you say region of branding? I think, which is like okay, sure, I, I guess. Yeah. I, I don't sure. know. I mean, I feel like he has a lot of a lot of shirts to sell in this region, or what? 
there's some pretty good brands in uh in the South region with <laughs> Arizona and Baylor and Virginia. I don't know. A couple of teams that have won national championships in the last four years in one region, but that's all right. It's cool. Right. Regional branding. Uh, Fran doesn't have enough kids on the team. That's their only fault. I mean, that's not, that's not unfair. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> the first thing I think of with the West region is, uh, let's see, because you got to do this on the spot. If people are writing this down, like Rossi, and it's like, sure. give me a break with this guy. Is this guy serious? I mean, we're not, we don't even know if he's serious. But um, the first thing I think of is, will we see another Gonzaga UCLA tournament classic? Because there's been two. And we'll get to those. I got those uh, written down here for a little bit later. But there's been two in the last 25 years between Gonzaga and UCLA where they've been tournament classics. Yeah. And I think we're set up for another one. I don't know how classic it'll be because I think Gonzaga might overwhelm them, but we'll see. I, I think that's the big setup there. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's crazy that Gonzaga and St. Mary's were put in the same uh, yeah. region. Yeah. Uh, I know they're both West coast teams but uh to put them both together of course it'd be the elite eight before they met right so yeah and that's not gonna happen yeah uh my other one would be kansas getting the three overall number one seed yeah that seems seems kind of crazy seeing how they won 17 quad one games or something insane like that so uh but yeah uh this this is an interesting, interesting uh, region for sure. It's a region where teams go to die. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not like, only yeah, not only did they get the third overall, it seems like the toughest toughest region. Too. Yeah, so. and VCU is a hard matchup for St. Mary's. Iona is a hard matchup for UConn. Uh, I mean, I don't think that whoever wins Arizona State Nevada, I think that's still going to be a tough one for TCU. I think they could win that, but um, yeah, one thing this region doesn't have though is a good 15 seed. And I think there's two 15 seeds that are probably better than 15 seeds in a normal year. Um, but there's been so many good mid-major teams that have like you have multiple 30 win mid-major teams in this bracket, and there's yeah. one in the East region. Um, so the East region, the first thing that I think of is uh, probably revolving around the fact that. Whichever eight or nine seed wins is a brutal matchup for Purdue, I think. Yeah. So yeah. I'm kind of hoping that it's Memphis Purdue because I think Memphis could 100% beat them. You're rooting against the Big Ten, is that what you're saying? I think Memphis would be, I think Memphis would put Purdue's guards in a torture chamber. Yeah. I really do. Yeah. Kendrick Davis could have 30 any night and Purdue doesn't guard very well. And I don't think that they're going to just, like, officiate the game in a way that's going to favor Purdue. I think if Edie turns and elbows somebody because he's tall, they're going to call that on him probably. So that'll be a big factor. Florida Atlantic, too. Florida Atlantic has a seven-footer. Florida Atlantic won 31 games. They probably shouldn't be in an 8-9 game, but whatever. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So that's the big factor there. Like, I don't think it's the hardest region for Purdue. I think there's some teams that they match up poorly against, though. I don't think they come out of this region. Uh, but the 8-9 will be a huge test right away. Yeah. Um, I think it's interesting. Uh, the the chance of a Sweet 16 
six for seven Kentucky Michigan State game. Yeah. The fact that those teams are six and seven seeds, uh, you know, two blue bloods, as you would call them. Um, I don't know if they both get there, but uh, it could be an interesting matchup to have those two teams, um, those two fan bases meet in the Sweet 16. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think there's also a big storyline, obviously, with the first game for Kentucky, and we'll get to that. Uh, all right. Over to the next thing here, we have did Rutgers get screwed? That's this this uh, part of the thing. And you know what? After looking into some things, doing some research, thinking about things to think about, what the committee might think about, what the people that just go along with everything might think about, um, my definitive answer on this is going to be not a hard no, but a no, I think. I'm going to say yeah. Rutgers didn't get screwed. And I have a couple reasons why. I mean, I guess it's you could see it both ways. Uh, the fact that, you know, people thought the Michigan Rutgers game was kind of like a play in, maybe need to win another one. Um, but to, I guess the biggest surprise to me was that Rutgers was the, wasn't like the next team out, right? Yeah, they were second. Yeah. Second. So, um, I, I mean, you can't get quad three losses, right? And you can't have yep. three of them. I think Rutgers' season – I think Rutgers' at-large hopes ended when Jamison Battle hit that three in Minnesota. Yeah. I think that's what did it. Um, they lost to Minnesota. They lost to Nebraska. After they lost Mawat Mag, who is a starter, mm-hmm. not like their best player, but a slashing you know, wing defender – um, they were bad, and I think that played a role. Uh, I don't think the Rutgers gets in if they win that Ohio State game. I don't. I don't think that that would be the difference, um, especially since the committee had Oklahoma uh, State yeah, ahead of them. Doesn't seem like yeah, that was that was a factor. It seems like the committee could care less about conference tournaments at all. By, yeah, by most of this. Yeah, I think there was another case in the ACC a couple of years ago where two teams play each other. It's like, okay, winner's going to get in, and then neither of them got in. I don't remember yeah. what what it was, but it's definitely happened before. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say Rutgers did not get screwed because I think that you gotta you can't lose to Minnesota number one. That's one of the worst teams in the country, and you can't lose to you know. I mean, you could lose to Nebraska. A lot of people were doing it, but also let's not forget Rutgers' last game of the season was home. Protect your home floor against Northwestern. That would be a big win. Yeah, so. I don't really think Rutgers earned it, to be honest. I mean, they they didn't. It's not like they they defended well against Michigan in the second half, but Michigan. I mean, you don't just shoot one of eighteen in the yeah. first eighteen <laughs> minutes from the field because of the defense. That's not. Right. That's almost. It's just Michigan right. being terrible. Uh, Danny has a pretty good. Nevada isn't better, but the Big Ten didn't deserve another team. Rutgers was the culprit. I think I think that might be a big factor in it. I mean, I, I don't think the Big Ten deserved nine teams. Uh, you know, the, the fact that it's Rutgers, sorry, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could see them. You, know, you could switch them out with Arizona State, Nevada. Uh, you know, any of those playing games. I think Pittsburgh, but do you really want to? Do you re- do you want nine? Big 10 teams will lose in the first round? I don't know. I think the gap between Rutgers and Nevada is small as a team. Yeah. Um, they're both similar in the net. Uh, Nevada was 
Nevada is eight spots behind them on Ken Palm, but that's just because Rutgers' defense. Like, Rutgers' 159th adjusted offense. That's just horrific. Yeah, I think it's interesting that, you know, uh, I think it's Pitt and Mississippi State. I don't know if those are the right two teams, but they were like 67, 68 in the net. So, uh, 67, Pitt, 66, Arizona State. Okay, so I, I, I mean. Don't disrespect the Bulldogs. 67 net seems pretty high to get into the tournament. Yes, I think there's factors uh, for why they did. Um, I think for uh, Pitt, they won 22 games, whatever that means. Uh, they had a three three non-conference losses to tournament team or two tournament teams. They lost to Michigan by 31, which is brutal. Lost to Vanderbilt by one. That's a near tournament team. They beat Northwestern by 29. Uh, they have wins over Virginia. Say what you will about Virginia, but. Um, they have wins over Miami. Uh, yeah, I don't think Pitt's resume is impressive, but I think they wanted to let one of those ACC teams in. I think it, the thing with Clemson is, uh, don't lose to Louisville and Boston College, right? Yeah. I mean, that's kind of, I don't know. I, I think I probably would have rather seen Clemson get in over Pitt, but I felt like it was always going to be Pitt in over Clemson. Yeah. Yeah. And Arizona State, uh, they got that win at Arizona. They got a win over Creighton. They got a win over VCU. Um, they have the wins in terms of, you know, wins over team other teams in the bubble. They have the better wins. And they don't have Which any really, do they really have the losses. That's all, yeah. all that matters. Yeah. The wins uh, don't matter no. is what, what it, it seems like. Losses mean more, a lot more than wins for sure. Yeah, but. You want to look on the flip side, a team like Illinois gets a nine seed because of two wins, I would say. I don't think that they're – they are probably a – With no bad losses. Well, that's the stupid system. I mean, Ohio <laughs> State, I don't care what you say about them. It's not a normal 5-15 and 15 team, but come on. Yeah. And Penn State three times, say what you will. Uh, and also, uh, Illinois is probably in Dayton right now if they don't beat Texas and UCLA. That's true. Uh, it might not be in the tournament. Well, I think they would have won a quad one game if they didn't win those two games. I just think it's a different dynamic. It just you can't take one thing away and then act like something else wouldn't happen. Uh, anyway, I don't think Rutgers got screwed. Is the is <clears throat> the bottom line? Uh, let's <laughs> see. Rutgers fans. Here's a stat: a two seed hasn't reached the national championship game since 2016. How about that? That's fair. Toss, toss it over to you for your thoughts. Uh, I don't have a two seed getting there, so um, that two surprised. seed that two seed was Villanova. They win it. Yes, they beat North Carolina seventy-seven. I believe that was the Chris Jenkins shot at uh, near half court. I remember that very well uh, yeah. because North Carolina had some wild, wild games on that run. Yeah, I, I it it seems very logical that that would happen. I mean, you, you think that the two seed may have the hardest run. I think the two seed I think two seed only has one chance this year and I think that's Arizona. I don't think the other three could get there. I mean they could get there, but I don't think they will is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. And Villanova's a bit of a different type of two seed. They went into the tournament twenty nine and five. Yeah. So I mean that's better than anybody else that's a two seed this year, I think, right? Well, UCLA is 29 and 5, but UCLA also has injuries. Right. And let's also think about that Villanova team. You had Ryan Arch Diakno, who is an elite college point guard. 
Josh Hart, who's in the NBA, Jalen Brunson, who is an NBA star. You had Mikhail Bridges as a freshman. He is a budding NBA star. You had Phil Booth, who was a great college guard. Uh, it's just a different animal for a two C. That team is. They also had Dante Divincenzo as a freshman, and what did he do? Oh, he just scored thirty-one points in a national championship game in twenty eighteen. So, <laughs> yeah, that Villanova team was a bit different compared to these other two seeds right now. Sure. Yeah, uh, but it is a real stat. They have no no two seed in the title game since twenty sixteen. Uh, here we go. Uh, the history of one seeds not reaching the Sweet 16. <clears throat> and I, I only went back to 2015 uh, here. Just we have a, a reference point here of where we're at on that. 2015, it almost happens every year that a one seed doesn't get to the Sweet 16. 2015, Villanova lost in the second round to NC State. 2016, all four reached the Elite Eight. <clears throat> so that was, I believe, North Carolina. Uh North Carolina, Kansas, Virginia, and Oregon all got to the Elite Eight that year. Um, and then you have 2017 Villanova lost in round two to Wisconsin. 2018 was just an absolute – I mean, 2018 tournament was a disaster in terms of what happened. Uh, Virginia lost in round one to UMBC, so that's never <laughs> going to happen again. And then Xavier lost in round two to F Florida State, which I don't even remember Xavier being a one seed, but that did happen. Okay. Um, that probably says more about me than it does about them. 2019, all four reached the Sweet 16. 2021, Illinois uh, round two lost Loyola Chicago. Uh, and then last season, Baylor lost in round two North Carolina. So there's there's precedent there for a one seed to lose in the second round. And this year, I think in terms of vulnerability, I think Purdue, Kansas, Houston, Alabama is how I, <clears throat> is how I would rank it. Yeah, did you just say North Carolina beat Baylor? We were just talking about that, and you said no. They were at 7 or 10. Anyways. That didn't happen. <laughs> North, Carolina, North Carolina was an 8 last year. Okay. <laughs> I don't, apparently, I'm hearing things. It's okay, though. I think you are. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, <laughs> all right. I teased this earlier. UCLA and Gonzaga, they have a history in the NCAA tournament. They have a history, and I have it written down right and here. history they got. 2021 Final Four, if you remember, Jalen Suggs buzzer beater from half court to win. A classic, an instant classic. That's the type of game where you really miss having a crowd. Yeah. That's the one. And that was a Gonzaga team. That was a Gonzaga team playing a UCLA team that was an 11 seed. That was a Gonzaga team that was at that point 29-0, and 0, I believe. Yeah, I think they were twenty nine and zero. Lot, lot, a lot of things going on in that game, in yeah. terms of uh, what was on the line, what was at stake. It was ninety three ninety final. Uh, Joel Ayai, if you remember him from Gonzaga, had twenty two in that game. Jalen Suggs had sixteen. Timmy had twenty five. On the other side, you had some other. I mean, Jaime Hawkes is still at UCLA. He had nineteen. Tiger Campbell had seventeen. Uh, Johnny Juzang had twenty nine. So. That was a classic. Um, this next game, not as much of a classic, but it did happen. Uh, 2015 Sweet 16, Gonzaga won 24, uh, 74, 62, not 24 to 6, uh, 74, 62. Our good friend, uh, 
something Karnaski had 18 points, nine rebounds, two assists, two blocks. Uh, P-R-Z-E-E-M-E-K. I don't know how to say that. I remember him, but I don't remember how to say his name. Uh, Prezermic Karnaski. Anyway, <laughs> and this probably the most classic of them all, a very famous game. 2006 Sweet 16, Adam Morrison, 24 points. UCLA comes back, scored the final 11 points. They win 73-71, and that kind of was the – Maybe the most national moment in the history of the Gonzaga program. Your thoughts? Yeah, that sounds like the most national whatever you just said. Do you remember where you were for that game? No. Goldfish memory. We talk about this, you know. I've watched the game on YouTube before, but I would not remember where I was at in 2006 in March. The only memory I have from 2006 is the Cardinals winning the World Series. That's it. The only one where I could be like, I remember where I was. Yeah. So people shouldn't expect me to remember that. All right. Uh, strength. <laughs> Three. <laughs> the, well, I was like seven, but that's all right. Or six or something. Anyway, uh, strength of automatic bid mid-major teams here. Strength of automatic bid mid-major teams. Starting out, Oral Roberts. That is an elite 12 seed. Okay. Mm-hmm. They have a good starting five. I still think they're going to lose in the first round, by the way, just so we're clear. And I hate doing that, but I think it's going to happen. Um, they have the longest active they win streak. Screwed getting paired up against Duke? I don't know if screwed is the right word. Um, every five seed is pretty dangerous Yeah, in their own way. Uh, okay, geez. Talk about not knowing ball, being a casual. Uh, Oral Roberts. You know I love hating on St. Mary's. For no reason. Uh, 17 wins in a row coming in. Here's an outlier. And here, I don't know if this is a, the right move for Duke, but maybe look at the Houston game because Oral Roberts lost to Houston by 38 and scored 45 points. And I think Duke has the perimeter guards to guard Oral Roberts. And they have Derek Lively, who's becoming one of the best defensive rim protector centers in America. And you're going to need somebody when you're facing Connor Vanover, who is uh, seven foot five. Um, and he's seven foot five and shoots 33% from three, wow. which is not bad. Um, and they have Isaac McBride, who's another guard that shoots 40% from three. Kareem Thompson shoots 38%. Of course, Max Asmus, we all know, shoots 38%. Uh, this is a deeper, and they also have Patrick uh, Mwamba, who shoots 40%. So this is a and, oh, DeShang Weaver shoots 40%. These guys are all taking 50-plus three, shooting 40%. Holy and cow. and this team is 35th in the country in three-point percentage, but they're eighth in two-point percentage and 10th in free throw percentage. And they don't turn the ball over. They're the top team in the country in turnover percentage, seventh in effective field goal percentage, 23rd in adjusted offense, 38th in adjusted tempo. They move. They score. I don't care what you say about their opponents. They went undefeated in conference play. Their four losses were to – three tournament teams, St. Mary's, Houston, Utah State, and a New Mexico team that had a lot of talent. And when they played New Mexico in January, New Mexico was rolling. So, and that's at the pit. I don't expect a Summit League team to go into the pit and win against New Mexico. That's that. Uh, But that, Oral Roberts is a scary team to play in the first round. But, like I said, Houston kind of put them in a bit of a torture chamber in that game against them. I like to use that term now a lot. (laughs) <laughs> uh, but they held Ace missed to three points on one of 13 shooting. 
They held McBride to five points on one of ten shooting. I mean, this is ridiculous. They held Vanover to 11 points on three of 11 shooting. Houston absolutely got after him. So we'll see if uh, Duke can do the same. I think if any 5C can do it, it's Duke with the way that they're defending. Um, that's kind of my thoughts there. Uh, all right. Uh, let's see. Colgate and Vermont are probably better than 15 seeds, I would say. Uh, on the surface, certainly Colgate. Uh, Colgate probably shouldn't be a 15 seed. This is Both of these teams are – one of them is 113th in Ken Palm, Vermont, and Colgate's 114th. To give you a reference point, Princeton's 112th. They're also a 15 seed. Kennesaw State's 127th on Ken Palm, and they're a 14 seed. So not sure what happened there. Um, but the drop-off there with UNC Asheville as a 15 is very high. Uh, UNC Asheville's 146. So I think Colgate is a, it's a tough spot for Colgate. To have to play Texas. They should probably be a 14. I would probably flip them with Kennesaw State, or I would flip them with maybe Montana State. Um, Colgate won 26 games. They have the 44th adjusted offense. The problem for Colgate is that they don't defend, so they're going to need to catch Texas in a game where Texas can't shoot. Now, historically speaking, let's think about history for a second. I know it's new new coach, new players. 2021, Texas won the Big 12 tournament, lost in the first round to 14-seed Abilene Christian. I'm not saying that Texas is going to lose in the first round, but I think they're going to be losing at the half. I will say that. Your thoughts? Uh, I'm I, just going to keep your thoughts in you today. I think I, I don't I don't know about that, but uh, sure. Well, I'm, think I'm so. thinking a lot about precedent and history today, okay. and I think that helps me think about the bracket a little bit more because in the past I thought too much about the conference tournaments, even though I just brought up a conference tournament stat. But there is a parallel there. Where do you think Rodney Terry's job status is at? You think he's got the job? Nope. I think he might have it. Look at the way the players reacted to him when they won the Big Twelve tournament. They love the guy. I think uh I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be a D one coach somewhere. I just don't think it'll be Texas. Who the hell is Texas gonna hire though? You know, like who who's the name that you hire? Is it it's true. Brad it's Underwood? True. <laughs> Please, <laughs> come on. And Rick Maybe, Pitino maybe is we not. can swap. Yeah, Rick Patino's not going to Lubbock or uh, Austin, so that's not happening. Yeah, I mean, I hope they keep him. I've been saying that. I, he was a he was a UTEP, I believe. Definitely um, deserves it. He was at yeah UTEP and Fresno State. He made a tournament at Fresno State in 2016. So there you go. Uh, all right. Uh, then I have Kent State is really good, and Drake is super old. Like I said, 12 versus 13 in the Midwest, it's possible with those two teams. I know Sean Paul has been uh, – I know Sean Paul has been pushing the idea, and I know people are getting mad at him for this, or at least Jalen Ochefino's brother, that Kent State's uh, backcourt is a better college backcourt than Indiana's, which is totally true. And Huchifino's brother is a douchebag, by the way, uh, <laughs> saying something like, you don't know anything about college basketball. It's just ridiculous. Like, I was going to respond to it, but I was like, you know, what's the point? Uh, yeah. but, like, I wouldn't want my sibling reacting on social media. Here's what he said. Here's what he tweeted to our good friend, Sean Paul, who's been on the show twice, I believe, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, our good friend. Uh, oh, the tweet's deleted. But pretty much he said, you don't know anything about college <laughs> basketball. Do you, do you even watch the games? Your your analysis sucks or something is essentially what he said, and then Sean Paul said, "Relax, my man. 
Good move. <laughs> uh, Jalen is a great player and clearly a lottery pick. Am I taking sincere carry and Malik Jacobs over Indiana's backcourt as college players? Yes, I am. If you think I haven't watched college basketball, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, what is good? Like, what, what are you doing? Like, it, you, he, his brother played basketball. I don't, he might have been at West Virginia or something, but like, dude, it, it's, why, what is the point? What yeah, is the, there's a, there's a difference between your brother's really good at basketball and these guys are really experienced in a, you know, there's a difference between good college players and guys that are going to the NBA. Sincere Carey is in his fifth season. Yeah. I mean, he's old. He's been around the block. Malik Jacobs is in his third season of D1 basketball, at least. Yeah. Um, I, I don't understand why. Like, And who is the backcourt mate for Hood Shafino? <laughs> That's what I was going to say. Miller, if Xavier Miller Johnson's Flop. not there, I mean, <laughs> it's probably uh, – uh, uh, Trey Galloway. Yeah. I mean, that is brutal. What are we doing? Yeah. That makes no sense. But anyway, uh, yeah, Kent State is good. And uh, VCU and Iona, also two good teams, both in the West region. I think UConn, I worry about the point guard play. Uh, I like their guards overall, but they don't really have like a true point guard. I think Tristan Newton is probably that. He gets assists, but I don't really see them – as a controlled offense. And I worry about that a little bit with Patino on the other side. And Iona has got some guys that can match them as well. So that's my worry when it comes to Iona. And uh, I mean, you look at Iona two years ago, they made the tournament. They were not even close to what they are now. That was an Iona team that pretty much only played a conference schedule. They went 12 and six because of the COVID thing. And they were 178th in Kid Bomb. They're 74th this year. Uh, They've won 14 games in a row coming in, which can be a little bit scary if you think about it. Um, but this team, yeah, I mean, they, they obviously got a super easy path to the conference championship. They played Mount St. Mary's, who's sub-250, Niagara sub-250, and Maris sub-250. When I say sub-250, I mean Ken Palm rankings. Um, but they got this fella named Nelly Jr. Joseph, who can probably guard Adama Sonogo. So just saying, I if I'm a UConn fan, I'm not too worried. But then you think, well, let's go back to the word. What's the word? History. What happened historically? Dan Hurley has not done well in the tournament at UConn. 2021, round one exit. 2022, round one exit. At Rhode Island, back-to-back round two exits in 2017-2018. So, if I'm a UConn fan, a little bit worried, I have to say. A little bit worried. Your thoughts? Yeah, that's fair. Um, I mean, and I think that you worry about, you know, the next matchup too. So, uh, Either one, yeah. St. Mary's, VCU coming in. Uh, I so. think VCU might have the best player in that game. I don't know. I mean, Ace Baldwin might be the best eight ten player of the year. I know that, you know, St. Mary's has some guys, but I don't know. Uh, all right. Let's go to Virginia. Virginia has been first round or national cha- first round exit or national championship since 2018. That's impressive. Uh, yeah. I, so in 2018, they lost in the first round to UMBC. Mm-hmm. The running in 2019, they won a national championship. 2020, they probably were a tournament team, but they weren't that good. In 2021, they lost in the first round to Ohio. And last season, they missed the tournament. I'm pretty sure their first round exit or second round exit this year, uh, or maybe Sweet 16 if they actually can score. 
Yeah, I think that probably Virginia Furman is the the number one upset people are picking this year. Uh, it's yeah, been talked about a lot. So let's think about this for a sec, okay? And say what you will about Ken Palm. Say what you will about the numbers. Say what you will about what they say, what they actually mean, what it goes into. But let's look at Tony Bennett's tournament teams at Virginia and their defensive efficiency. Okay, twenty twelve, they were number five, and this is obviously counting. After the tournament, all these stats are compiled to the end of the tournament, so this isn't going in. But I have to assume that they're always in near the top ten when they go at, when they go in, no matter what. 2014, they were number four in defensive efficiency. 2015, they were number two. 2016, they were number seven. 2017, they were number two. 2018, they were number one. 2019, when they won a national championship, they were number five. 2020, they were number one, but their offense was terrible, so they were really probably going to be like a four seed. Actually, Ken Pop says they would have been a seven seed. 2021, they were 36th. Here's the thing. This season, they're 25th. So I think if any team, via the numbers, via the history, if there's any team that I look at on the four line especially and I say, okay, I think that they might lose in the first round given the history and given the fact that their offense has struggled. If you don't have guys like Armand Franklin and Reese Beekman hitting shots, you're in trouble. Jaden Gardner, same thing. He's kind of a one-dimensional scorer in some ways. Uh, he can get to the basket, but he can also make some mid-range jumpers. So not exactly one-dimensional, but not going to make any threes. And another big factor for Virginia going in is you don't have Ben Vanderplas, who has tournament experience, who can be kind of a stretch four. Uh, can score the basketball in a number of ways, was very good at Ohio, um, showed flashes when he's playing this season. I don't know if I can look at Virginia and be like, I don't worry about this team because I do. Defensively, not great. A typical Tony Bennett team has an elite defense and a serviceable offense, and this team is much, much more similar to the 2020 Virginia team, the 2022 Virginia team, uh, or the 2021 Virginia team, excuse me, and the 2023 Virginia team. Those three teams are similar. Now you look at 2012, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19. Those teams were similar for the most part, with the exception of probably 2017, where their offense wasn't great. Um, those teams, well, the same thing actually for 2012. But you look at Tony Bennett teams and the balance. Their balance is lacking this season because – you can get away with a lack of balance in 2016 or sorry, 2015. It wasn't really a lack of balance, but it was just kind of a discrepancy in the numbers compared to other years where they got to the uh, Sweet 16 in 2014 and they were 27th on offense and fourth on defense. That's fine because you have an elite defense and your offense can score some points. I don't know if I see that this year. Very worrisome. Uh, they're not great from two. They're 184th, which has been kind of the MO for a while for Virginia with Tony Bennett. Uh, from three, they're not great. They're better than they were last season, but they're fine. 105th is not actually that bad. They don't shoot the free throws well. This is the second worst free throw shooting team that Tony Bennett's had there. Uh, in 2014, they were 67.3%. This season, they're 70%. So essentially, the numbers add up to the fact that Virginia, when they lose in the first round or miss the tournament, the numbers this season would indicate that they're much more similar to those teams than the ones that made runs. So I think Virginia is very vulnerable. Uh, this Virginia team is eerily similar to 2021, except their defense was actually worse than their offense that season. And no Vanderplas, I assume, for the tournament. Um, he's been out. I think he's going to cast. I don't. I wouldn't assume he's going to play in the first round. Yeah. Uh, so I yeah I think Virginia is very vulnerable. All right. 
more storylines here. More storylines. Um, I'm definitely going to take a bathroom break at some point. I can already feel it. 40 minutes. Okay. <laughs> uh, we have a double Hurley region possibility if Arizona State wins on Wednesday. Double Hurley. It's hard to deal with a single Hurley, but you have double Hurley. That is explosive. <laughs> it really is. Like, you will have uh, Danny Hurley giving you that crazy face and then Bobby Hurley just going, looking each way with his arms up and his pit sweat, and he's like, whoop, whoop, whoop. And then he'll turn around next to the press thing and then get a the Diet Coke. I love the guys. I really do. But double Hurley could be insane. Yeah. And you get Danny Early versus Rick Pitino in the first round, which is also insane. I think they know what they were doing. If you're UConn, you're pissed because you're like, we get to play in Albany, that's great. But then Iona is like, right, like, what? We kind of got screwed here. Why can't we play, uh, you know, Furman or Louisiana? Yeah, that's fair. <clears throat> I think everything I say is totally fair. Uh, Bryce yeah. Hopkins versus Kentucky. I saw Ed Cooley last night on the. Uh, the I think it was the Barstool Bracket Breakdown, um, but Ed Cooley talking about how they're not going to really talk. Like, he essentially did a great spin zone in, like, defending Cal. Like, oh, players are going to play when, they, when they're ready to play. It's not like coaches are purposely not playing guys. So they're talking about Hopkins leaving Kentucky, going to Providence. Right. Um, and I think that he essentially said that's going to be something the media talks about, but we're not going to be thinking about that in the locker room, which – Maybe it's true, maybe not. I think if you're Hopkins, you got to be thinking about that a little bit. Um, but I could totally see a scenario where this Kentucky team loses in the first round. I could see a scenario where they lose in the second round. I could see a scenario where they lose in the Sweet 16. I don't think they get past the Sweet 16, but you never know. I've usually been one to enjoy the idea of putting Kentucky down for making a deep run, and I don't think that that's going to happen this year, and I'll probably be wrong. So uh, I'm going to tee you up for the last uh, for the last headline here. Let you talk for like a, a minute here. Uh, Bruce Pearl versus Pretty Iowa. Go. Bruce Pearl versus Iowa. Uh, I, I don't think this is a st- like storyline that matters that much. Um, hey, I guess people are going to talk about it, but I like. He, and I don't know the whole story. He was, he was an assistant there. I, I feel like Illinois fans hate Bruce Pearl. I don't know if Iowa fans do. Um, he basically called out Illinois. Um, so I don't know. Uh, it's interesting uh, going back to Ethan talking about Rutgers. Um, Ant Wright just tweeted out a team with at least 95% submission on bracket bracket matrix has never missed attorney as an at large bid. Uh, bracket matrix just updated 201 out of 210 brackets had Rutgers in 95.7% first time ever. So, uh, a little food for thought there. Oh, thank God. Okay, I'm back. <clears throat> I feel Dude, good I, now. Okay. I, uh, I talked for about two seconds about that because I could care less about that. Um, that was my one that I wrote down. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, and then I said, Ant Wright tweeted out that, uh, somebody said that a team with 95% submission and bracket, bracket matrix has never missed the tourney as an at large bid. Uh, 201 out of 210 brackets had Rutgers in, which would be 95.7%. Yeah, that's why everybody, uh, that's why everybody had 67 of 68 correct. I think everybody expected Rutgers in over Nevada. 
And the way that it happened for Rutgers is why the the way that the selection show could be so painful because your Rutgers, you're like, okay, we got one more here. We yeah. got an 11 seed coming up and a 10 seed. Okay. And then the 11 seed pops up and it's Providence. Yeah. And then the 10 seed pop or the 7 seed pops up and it's Michigan State. Like, we're not going to play Michigan State. We're out. And it was the last region. And that's just, that's tough for Rutgers. But hey, you're the one seed in the NIT. Now, the NIT field is loaded, folks. I'm excited. I might even hop on playback tomorrow night for the NIT game before, uh, before the, because I guess we're going to do the first four Mississippi State pit tomorrow night, which I'm not really that looking forward to, to be honest. I, I can't wait for the Arizona State Nevada game, which is Wednesday night, which I'll be a little bit late to that, but that's all right. Hopefully the game's a little bit late. Maybe we'll get an overtime between Texas Southern and Philly Dickinson. Okay, s- stop talking about the first four. Um, what was I going to say? Yeah, uh, the NIT feels loaded, though. Rutgers Hofstra in the first. Uh, maybe we'll hop on the NIT playback.tv slash Ethan Carter SW. Check it out. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, I don't think I have any storylines. I wrote any more storylines. I wrote down those few, and uh, I mean. You didn't give your thoughts on Bruce Pearl versus Iowa. Yeah, I think, uh, I think, like I said, I think Auburn is not good, I think. Uh, I worry about the inability to score the ball against Iowa. I think the only hope for Auburn is defense, which they can stack up. You look at their defense, it is 29th on Ken Palm, but the big stat is that they're fifth against the three-point ball. Um, they don't shoot the ball well from three at all. They are maybe the biggest difference between a team shooting the three and defending the three is them. The 314th at shooting it and fifth at defending it. That's not great. Uh, that's something you worry about. But they're ninth in block percentage. I don't see – I mean, you look at the length and the athleticism that these teams usually have. They have it in some ways. I'm very interested to see the Philip Rebraca versus Janai Broom matchup. Janai Broom was one of the best players in the OVC last year at Moorhead State. Uh, he's still very young, um, and he's a big man. So he'll guard Rebrasha, and we'll see how it goes. Thoughts Rebrasha on uh, and- a nine seed or an eight nine seed getting basically home court advantage? Where's it at? Birmingham. Birmingham. Yep. Sounds well, like well, Fran, uh, you shouldn't have stared down uh, the sounds, nation's referee Kelly Pfeiffer. Sounds like uh, uh, McCaffrey. Connor, I believe, uh, asked Alabama fans to show up and root for Iowa, and they are on board with that. Well, that so. was Rico Bosco's fault at the beginning. <clears throat> Rico Bosco started that. Okay. He's a he's an Alabama Nate Oates guy, and Re- I'm a Rico Bosco guy, so I'm not going to go against Rico, but he's also a Fran Iowa guy, so he kind of said Alabama fans join together, root for Iowa against uh, them, whatever, but I digress. Um <laughs> Yeah, I think Auburn's guards are probably the group of guards that I don't trust at all the most, have the least amount of trust in. I mean, we saw it last year. Uh, Wendell Green will shoot the ball at any moment from any spot for any reason at all. So that's not great. I worry about that, but who knows? I don't think that – I think Iowa's probably going to win a round. And they match up horribly against Houston, so that can get real out of control. But you never yeah. know. Maybe Iowa shoots their way to like an Elite Eight somehow this year, which I don't see happening, but you never know. If it would have happened, it probably would have happened last year. But these things work that way. I mean, look at Virginia. Lose to a 16 seed, bada bing, you win a national championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, here, speaking of which, perfect transition. Thank you. Uh, teams that can win a national championship. My list was 11 as of Saturday before the bracket. I can now confirm that my list is now six. Really? Yes. Okay. So 
Have you revised your list? Uh, yeah, my list is one. All right. I don't even know what my list was. You didn't send it to me. Your list. Here we go. Let me see here. Your list was yep. nine teams. It was Houston, UCLA, Alabama, UConn, Kansas, Texas, Arizona, Xavier, Duke. Have you changed your mind on anybody? Uh, yeah, UCLA. Okay. Probably um, UConn, right? I think maybe maybe not for UConn now. Yeah. Uh, Who do I have? Houston, UCLA, Alabama, UConn, Xavier, Duke. One, two, Texas. Three, Texas. Kansas. Kansas. <laughs> yeah, uh, UCLA, UConn. Uh, I'm still okay with Xavier. Uh Oh my. I could have told you that you. I could have told you that you that you had like Illinois, and you'd be like, "Yeah, I'm still good with them." I would. You don't, be. You don't remember your list. I would be, because because if you remember, Illinois beat Kansas in that secret scrimmage back in May, October. <laughs> yeah, uh, my yeah. list is now uh, Alabama, Arizona. No order, of course. Houston, Texas, Duke. I'm in on now. Whoa, whoa. Kansas, UCLA, Gonzaga. Keeping so, UCLA, huh? Yeah, I think I why not? I think uh yeah, there's enough there. They just need somebody to step up. Okay. Seems fair. So there you go. That's uh that's six teams. The list is small. I would be stunned if anybody other than these six won, by the way. No way anybody else is winning. Jot that down. Uh, ranking the games, the watchability of the games in each region, which for this I did not include the uh, one sixteen games because who cares? I mean, honestly. I mean, I'm not sitting there being like, oh, man, can Howard keep it within 40 against Kansas? This should go down to the wire. I want those on record as well. There will never be another 16 seed that beats a one seed ever. It's never happening again. Ever for any reason, ever. It's a bold prediction. There's uh, infinite years ahead of us. Nobody's going to remember that I said that. Uh, <laughs> all right. What's your top game in the South region? Oh, is this what we're doing here? Okay. Um, my top game is going to be give me NC State Creighton. All right. Uh, mine is Missouri Utah State. A lot of offense in that game. A lot of offense in that game, though. That's I'm going by watchability. I don't want to watch defense very much. Okay. Uh, My number two game is Creighton NC State, so I think that'll be a good game. I think a huge factor there is going to be Shireman and Nimhard against Joiner and Turk Smith, and then you got the Kalkbrenner versus the big boy DJ Burns underneath. That'll be a good game. I think I think Creighton probably wins it just because Creighton has experience from last year, and they have the wings, you know, <clears throat> Trey Alexander, Arthur Kaluma, those types. I thought Very you had good. NC State going to the Sweet 16. Well, we'll see. What we said about a month ago. Yeah, but I didn't know if they were going to play like a pre- the preseason, like number seven team in the first round. <laughs> and it's now healthy and playing well again. Like, come on. True. Uh, do you have a number two game or you want me to just go? Just go. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. Give me San Diego uh, State Charleston as my number two. 
That's great. Uh, my third is Virginia Furman. Yep. Yep. That'd be my third. Okay. Good stuff. Uh, San Diego State Charleston's my fourth. Oh, uh, we're doing all of them. Well, I did every single one except for the one seed game. There's some there's some variations here that you got to think about. Not a lot of people are thinking about this. Okay. Uh, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Okay, let's think about this. San Diego you're State really Charleston. You make this four hours, aren't you? But dude, I've been researching for like 38 <laughs> hours straight. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you. I'm just I'm just no, here to listen you know, to you. Go ahead. I don't know about that. Uh, San Diego State. Okay. Defensively, they've improved the entire season. Let's remember San Diego State in Maui. They gave up. 77 points to Ohio State. Fine, that's whatever. Fine, Ohio State was playing well then. They gave up 87 to Arizona, and then they only gave up 78 to Arkansas, but that was overtime. Their defense has improved um, throughout the season. They've become better. Plus, this is an old team. Matt Bradley, people didn't think he would come back this year. He's back. Uh, Darian Trammell is there. Lamont Butler is big time. Uh, And I think, you know, Brian Dutcher probably doesn't get enough credit for how good he's been at San Diego State for a long time. As for Charleston, this is a team that finds ways to win the weirdest games. Like they would be I'm surprised I'm honestly surprised Charleston isn't like 33 and 1. Like losing to Hofstra by 4, losing to Drexel by 1. This team finds a way to win those really really close games. They beat Richmond in overtime. They beat Virginia Tech by 2. They beat um Presbyterian who's not good at all by 5. So Charleston finds a way to win bizarre, weird games. So I think that this is a very much a just guess, and you'll see what happens. There's really no rhyme or reason to what happens in this game. Um, but we'll get to that when we make the picks. Uh, my number one, two, three, four, five game, my fifth game is Maryland-West Virginia. Um, I think West Virginia is happy to get out of the grind of the Big 12, as I think a lot of teams in the Big 12 are. And Maryland is a team that has been horrific away from home. Their two road wins this season have come against two of the worst power conference teams in America. Uh, they won at Minnesota and they won at Louisville. So those aren't the wins that you want to fall back on on the road. That's what I'm worried about. Um, and I think that we see the, uh, the, we see the version of Maryland that can't make any shots against West Virginia in this game. And we see West Virginia who is the 15th ranked adjusted offense on Ken Baum. And we see Eric Stevenson. We see former Big Ten guard Joe Toussaint was at Iowa. We see Trey Mitchell. We see Kedrion Johnson. We see Emmett Matthews. We see these guys that can shoot the three ball, but they can also score on the interior. That's a huge factor here. Um, and the biggest reason why West Virginia is an elite offense in terms of metrics is offensive rebounding is drawing fouls and it's not getting shots blocked. They're not very high efficiency from actually shooting the ball, but they can get offensive rebounds. They can fly around the rim. Average height is uh, – 120th in the country, which there's 363 schools, so that's really not that bad if you think about it. It's not elite, but you got 6'9", 6'7", 6'10", 6'10", 6'4", right there after Tucson, who's a smaller guard. So that'll be a fun game, sort of, but it's not really the 8'9 that I'm looking forward to the most. It might be the the least of the four. Um, I think Baylor-UCSB is the next one I have, which will be a good matchup. UCSB might be better than they were when they made it as a 14 seed in 2021, I believe. They lost in the first round to uh, uh, Creighton, I want to say. Yeah, 2021. Yeah, they were 22 and 5 that year. They were 12 seed, actually. So that kind of shows you the dynamic of the mid major and how it's changed a little bit is that they were 
a 12 seed with a 13 and three conference record this year. They are a 14 seed with a 15 and five conference record, 27 wins. Um, so we'll see. I think they might be, I mean, like I said, AJ Mitchell, that's the reason I picked them to win the, uh, the big West conference and AJ Mitchell had a huge run in that tournament. So I think Baylor's a little bit vulnerable. They're in the final game to watch in the region is Arizona Princeton, because I mean, come on, Arizona, this is a going through the motions game for them. Next region, Midwest, what's your top game? Uh, my top game in the Midwest is going to have to be uh, Indiana, Kent State. Second time, Rui, you picked my number two game as your number one. Interesting. Uh, my number one game is Texas A&M, Penn State, because you have a team that can shoot the ball and a team that can't shoot the ball, essentially. So who who shoots the ball? To the to their nor like their normal level like Texas A&M kind of overshot themselves in that semifinal against Vanderbilt. I picked that because you just said that you don't want to watch terrible shooting basketball, and then you're going to pick. But we have Penn State. That. I'm just saying, Penn State makes all kinds of shots. It's an interesting pick, and I like the athletes that Texas A&M has. Had an extra A in there. <laughs> yeah, uh, my number two game is Indiana Kent State. I'm not sure if I'm going to pick this as an upset yet. I haven't really – I've thought through my bracket, but uh-huh. I'm going to write it down live because I don't want to just read, you know, the normal, what the idiots do. Um, Thanks. Well, I'm not talking about, you know, <laughs> you. Oh. Just, oh, let's make sure that people know. College others, City. College uh, City. Yeah, others that don't know ball would be the ones I was talking about. Uh, Iowa-Auburn's my number three game, like I said. Can Auburn defend? Can they defend the three? They said, I know they can defend, but can they defend the three? And can their guards not tank their entire game, tank the entire game for them? I mean, this is, this is going to be a game of offense, right? There's two teams that Iowa doesn't play defense. Auburn does. Okay. Auburn is 29. But I feel like you can play good defense against Iowa and they'll still find a way to score. Yeah. That's why I worry about Auburn because Auburn's 314th. From from three, yeah, they are not good at shooting threes, and they have guards that will take them whenever they want. Zepp Jasper, maybe not him as much, but Wendell Green will take a three whenever. Uh, next up, I have Miami Drake. We'll see if Norchad Omir is healthy for this game. I'm not so sure that he will be, but it'll be. We'll see. I mean, I think Drake has a chance here. I, I give them a chance. I would be surprised if one of the twelve or thirteens in the Midwest region, which is Kent State and Drake. I would be surprised if one of them doesn't win. I will say that. Um, I have Texas Colgate. I think that's a little bit more interesting than the three versus the 14, which is Xavier Kennesaw State, because I think Colgate is a little bit better than your average 15 seed. Like I said earlier, uh, they can score a lot of points. Now, defense is an issue, and Texas can fill it up as well. Marcus Carr, Tyrese Hunter, I don't really think of Dylan Mitchell as an offensive player, but you know the, Texas has guys that can shoot the basketball, no doubt. Um, yeah, Xavier's probably going to kill Kennesaw State. That could be an ugly one. If Cole, if Colby Jones and Sule Boom are making shots, Xavier is going to beat Kennesaw State by a minimum of 25 points. Uh, West region, my top game is the 8 and the 9. It's the Illini and Arkansas uh Raverbacks, as we saw in the chat last night. 
Take out the Z, making the V, the Arkansas yeah. Raverbacks up against the Illini. Yeah, that's my number one game. Is that your number one game? Well, yeah, just because I'm an Illinois fan, but sure. Are you an Illinois fan, really? Oh. Yeah. Do you think, uh, there's a, do you think people think that this came is... out as one? That's good. Uh, moving along. Uh, <laughs> Kansas, do you think there's a there's an implicit bias with TCU and Kansas State? People think that we have that with this with this purple? I haven't thought about that. People might think that we have that. I hope that they don't think. We had Furman as well, also purple. Uh, by the way, over 150 D1 players hit the transfer portal today. How about that? <laughs> yeah, I saw it. It's up to like 260 or something. 150 Harvard. today alone, yeah. Yeah, it's insane. JJ, JJ Starling, a former five-star recruit, Notre Dame. But anyway, that's I digress. Uh, I hate that so much that we have to deal with the goddamn portal the day after the selection Sunday, but that's okay. Uh, second game for me, St. Mary's VCU. A close third, though, UConn-Iona. Uh, then I have Northwestern Boise State. That's going to be the game of uh, – I honestly think that if Northwestern gets to the UCLA matchup, that they could beat them, I think, um, because Northwestern is one of those teams that could randomly just come out and make a lot of shots with three guys, Chase Audige, Boo Booey, Ty Berry. If they could make shots, I mean, I, I – that's where if you're UCLA in the second round, that's where you might miss Jalen Clark. Because Jalen Clark would be your boo-booey Chase Audi stopper. Probably your Chase Audi stopper. And now you don't have that. You got to rely on other guys. So I don't know. I mean, boy, you see, let me down in the Mountain West tournament and the Mountain West stat. You ready for this stat? The Mountain West. Here it is. I've been teasing it for hours. The Mountain West is did I already say this stat? No, you didn't. Okay. No, you were Mountain you West, it, but and last season was a big indicator of this. The Mountain West is one and eleven in the NCAA tournament since twenty sixteen. Wow. Remember last year? They had like five bids and then they were literally out within the first twenty four hours of the tournament. So something to think about, folks. Something to think about. Because you think about last season in the Mountain West, you had a San Diego State team that lost in the first round to uh to what Creighton, right? Yeah, they lost to Creighton in the first round. You had Boise State lose to Memphis in the first round. You had Wyoming losing the first four in Dayton to Indiana. And then you had Colorado State losing the first round to Michigan. Four teams last season all losing in the first round. One of them actually three of them losing in the first round. The other one didn't even get there. And then this season you have four bids. I could certainly see all all of them losing in the first round again. Uh, I don't think San Diego State will, but there's always a chance. So the Mountain West, 1-11 mm. since 2016. I don't even know what that win is. I'm assuming it's got to be San Diego State somewhere. I would assume, yeah. Um, yeah, because let me just find it real quick just so I don't have to think about it for the next three hours. Uh, well, I didn't mean three hours as if the show's going to be three hours, but just <laughs> three hours uh, general timing. Uh, 2019, no, I don't. I don't even know if it was San Diego State. I don't think, yeah, I don't, it definitely wasn't San Diego State because they haven't won a tournament game since 2016. Mm. Nevada? Oh, we're going to find this. I don't care what anybody says. Sure. Why not? Um, Nevada. Let's see. Could it have been Nevada? Nevada. Interesting. The Nevada, whatever their names is. It had to be. Yeah, it was Nevada because uh, Musbus got the Sweet 16 in 2018. So that's two wins. That like, My stat might be wrong here. Uh-oh. I got tricked. 
I heard somebody say that they're one and eleven. Okay, they're like two and twelve then, or something. Whatever. They, either way, they've been bad. Okay, that's that's all there is to it. Uh, okay, where was I at? Let's see. Uh, Gonzaga and Grand Canyon, and then UCLA, UNC Asheville are the games you don't want to watch. And obviously, Kansas and Howard is going to be disgusting for 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 Howard. They're going to get killed. Um, in the East, in the East region, top game to watch. What do you got? Oh yeah, the East, uh, my favorite region. Um, I would have to go with Tennessee, Louisiana. Okay, uh, <laughs> I am going with Kentucky, Providence, but okay. there's a close second behind it, in my opinion. Yeah, um, Tennessee, Louisiana. Close second is Memphis and FAU. Oh, okay. Very, very solid game there. Uh, then you got Duke Oral Roberts. There's still a chance that Oral Roberts gets the job done there. It's not impossible, okay? Nothing is impossible in that case, uh, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, then I have Marquette, Vermont. I think that could be an interesting game just because I think Vermont's due to win a tournament game. Don't think it'll happen, but you never know. Uh, Michigan State, USC. I think Michigan State's going to kill them. I really do. I think this is going to be. Out of all the seven ten games, I am very confident in this result, um, and that might not be a good thing for the Sparty uh, Nation. So I hope they don't listen to this. I have Tennessee Louisiana as a game I don't want to watch. You know why? I don't want to watch Tennessee basketball. I have no interest in that. That team is terrible. I don't care what anybody says. That team is one of the worst four seeds in the last decade. I don't care what the metrics say. And the most hilarious part about me saying that is that Tennessee is literally fifth in the country on Ken Palm. Fifth. And I'm saying that, but that's just hey, that's what it is. It is what it is. What it is. I I did see a thing. Uh, Kansas State and uh, Montana State last game to watch. By the way, go ahead. No, no team that's not in the top twenty of the Ken Palm has made it to the Final Four or something like that. I don't know. I can't remember. That's got to be. That's going to be dependent. I'm sure it's going into the tournament, right? Because okay, what was the stat? I don't know. All right, good. Because <laughs> it does change during the tournament. So I don't know if you, how they how they do it. All right. Um. So at the end of this, I'm going to go over the TV schedule, kind of the block of games that you have here, and I have it here, so I'll read that off a little bit. But now here it is. Hold on. Go ahead. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, since 2002, across 20 NCAA tournaments, no top six seed outside the Ken Palm top 20 has ever made the final four. I don't know what that means. Uh, I guess if you're a six or better, um, this would eliminate Duke, Iowa State, Kansas State, TCU, Kentucky, Indiana, Virginia, and Miami. See you guys. So. Take them off your list of who yep. can win a national title. I have Duke on there. <laughs> Notice I didn't have anybody else. All right. We have the bracket now. Filling out a bracket. Part four. Since we filled out a fake bracket four years ago. And had Illinois, <laughs> by the way, uh, confirmed Illinois 2020 national champions. Thank you. Uh-huh. Congratulate us. Thank you. Yeah, we... Uh... We talked some girl into running a, a fake one on uh, Xbox, and Illinois lost, and we told her that it was glitch, and so she let Illinois play again. So that's right. <clears throat> bullied her into 
not bullied. That's a terrible word to use. Anyways, go ahead. <laughs> I mean, nobody's going to care that you said that. Uh, all right. We begin in the first four. And we begin with the vaunted matchup between Texas a and Corpus Christi and uh, and uh, Missouri, Southeast Missouri State. That's where we begin. We begin the story in Dayton, Ohio. That is, that is, I'm very excited about that. Um, okay. This game is going to come down to one thing and one thing only, folks. It's going to come down to which team, sorry, which, which version of Texas A&M Corpus Christi shows up? This is a, a pretty good offensive team in terms of, uh, Kin Palm numbers, 137th in, in adjusted offense is pretty good for a 16 seed. Uh, remember the experience. They've been here before. I believe they were here last year out of the Southland Conference. Uh, they finished the season uh, with a lot of wins. They won, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. They won 12 of 13 to finish the season. And Southeast Missouri State probably shouldn't be here, let's be honest. Uh, this is a Southeast Missouri State team that gave up 105 points to Lindenwood. 105 points to Lindenwood. 105. It was overtime, but 105 to Lindenwood. Lindenwood's the 339th ranked team on Ken Palm out of 363. This is a major, major mismatch in a 16 versus 16. Give me the Texas A&M Corpus Christi Islanders to win this game. Your thoughts? Agree. See, if we can spend that much time on a 16 versus 16, I'm just showing everybody what's what. Uh, all right. Now we go to, let's get the other 16 versus 16 out of the way. Yeah, let's do that. That is, I got to get my binders ready here. That is in the East region. As you can see, the East region here. Let's flip over to the notes on those two. I mean, people who are watching this right now think I am a loser. All right. We have Fairleigh Dickinson and their opponent, Texas Southern. Texas Southern, an interesting story this year. They've made, what, three tournaments in the last four or five years under head coach Johnny Jones. They're 14 and 20. Uh, they went on a run. They, they went into the conference tournament at 11 and 20. They beat Alcorn State by four. They beat Alabama A&M by 13. They beat Grambling State by three in the championship. Uh, however, let's be honest. Uh, they're probably better than Fairleigh Dickinson, despite the record. They're probably better. Ken Palm would suggest so. Let's look at some of the non-conference losses. Here's how you have 20 losses. You ready? Uh-huh. You play San Francisco. You're in the SWAC. You're not going to beat San Francisco. You play Texas Tech. You're not going to beat Texas Tech. You play Arizona State. You beat Arizona State. They beat Arizona State by one in overtime. How about that? Uh, you play Oral Roberts. You're not going to beat them. They essentially did what all these loser, weak head coaches like Mike Anderson, gray shirt, former head coach St. John's, Buzz Williams, they want, like, Texas Southern was like, screw it. What do we care? We'll play all these good teams. Like, listen to the schedule. They lost to Houston. They played Houston. They, I should, I should have just said one or the other there, but they did obviously lose to Houston. Uh, they lost to Auburn. They lost to Kansas. They pretty much were like, we're going to start one and seven and we don't care. And they probably should have started 0 and 8 because they lost, you know, they beat Arizona State. Um, <clears throat> and it's not like they, I mean, they were seven and 11 in the SWAC, so that's not good either, but this team's been there before. Uh, they don't have short shorts anymore. Michael Weathers, he's gone. That's unfortunate. A good friend of the show. But they do have some guys that have been there in terms of age. I mean, John Walker, uh, Jared Don, Carl Nicholas, um, and P.J. Henry are all seniors right there. And uh, 
in terms of depth, I don't know if they have that. But then you look at Fairleigh Dickinson and 312th. They came out of the worst conference. and The Northeast Conference was terrible. Did they really earn it because they lost the conference championship game against Merrimack, who's probably better than them or at least close. Uh, but they went 17 and 14 the regular season, 19 and 15 overall. Uh, they don't defend at all. They have the third worst defensive efficiency in the country. Uh, so I think offensively they're pretty good. They're kind of the opposite of what Mer- Merrimack was. Tobin Anderson, the head coach there. Uh, give me Texas Southern in this game. Why not? I'll take the 20 loss team. I will not. Give me whoever they're playing. Dickinson, okay. Um, all right, let's do now uh, Mississippi State and Pitt. It's in the Midwest region. Okay, where's the binder for that? Here it is over here. I got to scroll the teams too, so, you know, you'll be getting this kind of analysis anywhere else. I might have to take this hoodie off, though. It's starting to get hot in here. Uh, okay. Because the matchups are heating up. All right, Pitt. The Pittsburgh Panthers, coached by Jeff Capel. Capel and Chris Collins both entered the year as hot seat guys, and they both made the tournament. So congrats to those two, uh, one of them more convincingly than the other. Mississippi State, year one for Chris Jans. Chris Jans at New Mexico State won a tournament game at New Mexico State over UConn last season. Um, so he's, he's a good coach. He can get the job done. Defensively, they're as good as anybody in this tournament. They're sixth in the country in adjusted defensive efficiency. Offense could be a problem, though. Everything they do is going to run through Tolu Smith, the guard. The senior guard shoots uh, no threes. Is the uh, senior forward? Sorry, six eleven. I don't know why I saw six one there. Every six eleven, I should know that. I was thinking of Shaquille Moore, who shoots twenty five percent from threes at guard. So they don't shoot the ball very well. And in terms of Pitt, they do shoot the ball pretty well. Seventy ninth and three point seventy second and two point twenty fourth and overall adjusted offensive efficiency. This is a Pitt team that lost to Duke by twenty seven in the ACC tournament. Um, but they have a nice mix. You look at that lineup, you're probably going to see a lot of Nellie Cummings. You're going to see a lot of Jamarius Burton. You're going to see a lot of Blake Hintz. And that's one thing that Pitt did. They went out in the portal. They got some guys, and they've become a better team because of it. And you look at the big man, they have incredible, maybe the best two names for centers in the country. For their, for both of their centers, you have, uh, of course, the great uh, Frederico Frederico, 6'11 sophomore. And you have Guillermo Diaz-Graham as their other center. So you have a, a guy with the same first and last name, and then you have Guillermo Diaz-Graham. So that, they, they got that going for them. They, they did have a guy named Nike. I don't know if he's he, – I think he's still playing. Yeah, Nike Sabandi, Sabande, Sabunde. A cable made the tournament because he's got an unbelievable name, like Nelly Cummings. It's off to a great start. So uh, for that reason, I'm going to take Pitt to win this game. They're tough. They can score. I worry about – the SEC in this tournament for some of their teams and Mississippi State can't score. Take the under in this game probably because Pitt's probably going to score 70 and Mississippi State's probably going to score 45. Give me Pitt. I agree. Give me Pitt. All right. Arizona State, Nevada. Arizona State, Nevada. Okay. This is the West region. Winner will square off against the vaunted, and I mean vaunted, TCU Horned Frogs. Uh this Nevada team lost some players from last season. They lost the Cambridges, I believe, to this to this Arizona State team. I'm pretty sure the Cambridge brothers were at Nevada last season, unless I'm just totally mistaken and thinking of somebody else, but I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. Uh, all right, let's see. Let me scroll over here to the, the page of the uh, of the thing. 
Arizona State, 22 and 12 in the season. A borderline tournament team coming in. Um, I mean, you never really know what you're going to get from Arizona State with Bobby Early. Uh, went 11 and 9 in the Pac 12. Uh, I think the big key win for them was beating Arizona on February 25th. And uh, they kept it close with USC in the season, but then they won two games in the Pac-12 tournament. Um, their offense is not efficient. They don't shoot the three ball well. They're one of the worst teams in this tournament from a power six perspective, from an at-large perspective of shooting the three ball. I think if I can think off the top of my head, maybe the only team that I can think of that's worse might be Illinois. Uh, <laughs> but uh, this is a, an interesting team, interesting guards. You look at uh, Desmond Cambridge. You look at Frankie Collins, the Michigan transfer. You look at DJ Horn. Um, and then they have Devin Cambridge and Warren Washington. I, I like the way that they – when you watch them, I, one thing I notice is that they fly around the rim in a in a different way than a lot of teams do. Um, and I think my bias is probably pushed about 20% upward with Bobby Early, of course, my good friend who – I can't wait to see his reactions on the sidelines on Wednesday night. You, you know, I mean, what's he going to be doing? I mean, how long until you see the pit stains and the Diet Coke? <laughs> There's three things to look for. You look at the Too Diet much. Coke. You look at the pit stains, and you look at his reactions like this when he when he throws his hands up, turns to the right, turns to the left, going like this with his arms up. You'll see that a lot. So that's something to look at. Uh, in terms of Nevada, Steve Alford, the head coach, former UCLA head coach, a uh, bit more of a balance in terms of their offense and defense. They had a stretch in February where they won uh, six of seven. I think that really helped them. They went 12 and six in the Mountain West. Came out in the Mountain West tournament and lost to San Jose State, though. So that's not great. That's not something you want to see. Um, but this is a pretty good team. They lost Grant Sherfield from last season. Uh, they have Blackshear. They have Jared Lucas, the transfer from Oregon State. They have Trey Coleman at the three. They have Darion Williams at the four, freshman. And then they have Will Baker, the seven-footer, uh, who's a good player as well. I worry about Warren Washington and Will Baker, how that matchup's going to go. I don't love that matchup for Arizona State, but maybe I'm wrong. However, the Hurley bias, give it to me all day. Give me the Sun Devils. I will take Arizona State also. Yeah, uh, Arizona State, Bobby Hurley, they've been to the first four, uh, or he's been to the first four four times as a head coach, I believe. Wow. Or three times. I think this is his third time. In 2018, they Pretty lost. being mediocre, huh? All right. They lost to Syracuse <clears throat> in 2018, and then they beat St. John's in 2019. So... They're back. So Hurley knows Hurley knows ball, and Hurley knows this. This should go a little bit quicker now. Here we go. Okay. Should it? I mean, those were the playing games. Well, we're going region by region. I'll have to switch binders until I'm done with the region now. That's good. <laughs> I, oh, that's, the, that's what took up all the time. <laughs> Might have another bathroom break here, too. So, okay, here we go. Let's start. Uh, we'll go quick here with the first one, Alabama. On my bracket, it's Alabama. Do you have a bracket in front of you? Yeah, I filled it out on uh, on ESPN. Yeah, I'm going to put this up there so that people can see it. Um, you're not going to. You're just going to see the bracket. You're not going to see anything filled in, but that's fine. Whatever you you, you get it. You should have done better. Yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Alabama and uh, Texas A&M Corpus Christi. I will take the Crimson Tide. Yeah. All right. Matchup number two. Maryland, West Virginia, take it away. What are your thoughts? 
my thoughts are I thought Maryland would win the Big Ten tournament, so I'm going to pick Maryland to beat West Virginia here. And that's That was my full thinking in picking Maryland. Okay. Uh, I think about the results away from the Xfinity Center for Maryland. Like I said, two wins away from home and neither of them impressive. Um, one thing that you got going for you if you're Maryland is you probably have the advantage at guard. I will take uh, Jameer Young over Joe Toussaint every single day of the week. Um, but I worry about if Dante Scott and Hakeem Hart aren't hitting shots, I think this Maryland team is cooked. Um, Julian Reese is kind of a question mark at the five as well. He's improved. He's one of the better bigs in the Big Ten. But what kind of matchups are we going to see? Jimmy Bell, Trey Mitchell, what are we going to see? You never know. The most frequent mat- the most frequent lineup for uh, West Virginia in the last five games is Kedrion Johnson, Eric Stevenson, Emmett Matthews, Trey Mitchell, and Jimmy Bell. So that's essentially trying to match up the size right there. You have a six seven guy that can guard Hakeem Hart. You have Trey Mitchell, who's six nine, that can guard uh, Dante Scott, and then you have Jimmy Bell, who's six ten senior, that can guard uh, Julian Reese. So I like the size matchup for West Virginia, and I like West Virginia getting away from the grind of the Big Twelve. Give me Bob Huggins and the Mountaineers. San Diego State, Charleston, take it away. Uh, you know, I, I, I've i been down on San Diego State all year, but I think they're going to win this game. Uh, the college, as they call themselves, just just isn't going to be able to compete with San Diego State. I got San Diego State winning this game by 15. Uh, yeah, I think when you look at the numbers, you certainly like San Diego State, 10th mm-hmm. adjusted defense in the country. Uh, Charleston, 75th on defense, 70th on offense. I They can't shoot the three. They can defend the three, though. Uh, yeah, I think Charleston's going to get wildly overwhelmed in this game. A little bit scared about the Mountain West stat, but give me the Aztecs. And now we go Virginia Furman, and this is going to be a really hard one to pick. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not I'm not falling into uh, Virginia getting upset, Uh even though that you throw out they either win a national title or get beat first round, uh, give me a second round exit for Virginia. Uh, so Virginia's going to win this one. So, yeah, I covered a lot of Virginia. Give me, give me real insight. Thank you. I'm not going to talk about Virginia as much because I talked about them for like 20 minutes, like an hour ago. Uh, <laughs> uh, Furman has an elite offense. West Virginia, or Jesus, Virginia, (laughs) not the best defensive team under Bennett. They're typically top 10. They're not top 10 this year. Ben Vanderpaas is a huge loss. If Armand Franklin and Reese Beekman aren't making shots, I don't know what you do if you're Virginia. And I think those guys are going to show up. But Furman's been a team that's knocking on the door, making the tournament for a long time. And I love the duo of Jalen Slauson and Mike Bothwell. They're two of the best players in the SOCON. Uh, A SOCON team always has some form of success in the tournament. Historically speaking, you look at what Wofford has done. You look at East Tennessee State was always a fairly dangerous team when they got in. (sighs) I don't want to fall into the typical 413. I like Tony Bennett. I wanted him at Illinois when it was a weird thing that was never going to happen anyway. (laughs) Uh, Oh, man. I wish I could take a pass here, but I'm going to take – I'm going to take the Paladins, Furman. Give me Furman 
in the upset. I just hit my mic there, so I hope everyone got an earful there. Mm. Uh, give me Furman, the purple team, purple bias on this uh, on this stream, as you can see with the purple name tags and the purple ticker. Uh, nice try. How's your pull-off? This is one of these. All right, Creighton, NC State. Creighton, NC State. Six uh, yeah, I, you uh, have been talking up NC State forever. They probably probably had uh, probably one of those teams that could have not been in the tournament. But this is going to be my first upset of the tournament um, as far as our bracket goes. So give me NC State beating Creighton. I uh, I don't think Creighton has enough. Creighton has one of the best combos in terms of two-point shooting, three-point shooting that you're going to find from a six seed. Uh, 77 from three, which is fine, but also 30th from two. Uh, they also shoot the free throws pretty well. Um, they're they're not old, but they do have some older guys. Uh, you look at, you know, Kalkbrenner has been around the block. He's a, uh, he's a junior, third, third year playing, though. Uh, Kaluma, Alexander, Nimhard, all sophomores. Baylor Shireman was an elite scorer. In the Summit League, he comes over, transfer guard. I worry about him maybe taking the team a little bit with trying to shoot too much. Uh, shot 213 threes this season. The only player close to him was 141 from Trey Alexander, so you can't not be a little bit worried about that. Uh, Depth-wise, I kind of worry about that with them as well. And then in terms of the 11 seeded NC State, I was in love with this team in, like, February – I love their backcourt. I think they have as good of a backcourt from an 11 seed you're going to find, which I'm going to say that a lot about a lot of teams with a lot of different seeds. Uh, but Jarkel Joyner, Turk Smith, DJ Burns, that trio can can take over a game. And uh, I, I – I, man, I'm going to struggle to pick against Creighton in the first round here, but – I. Greg McDermott did me a service by winning the first round last year when I picked him to beat San Diego State. And and I don't – I love this Creighton team. This is very hard. Uh, this is why you do it live. This is why you're not predetermined yeah. going through every single thought in the yeah. head. Kevin Keats, come on down. We're winning the first round. NC State, my bracket is going to be horrific. But give me – the Wolfpack is their name, right? NC State Wolfpack yeah. or something? We only lost uh, two viewers while you were deciding that, so good. Yep, not bad. Baylor UCSB. Baylor by 40. I think UCSB keeps this close. I don't think they have enough, though, around A.J. Mitchell. Uh, Baylor can shoot. I think Baylor might come out cold. And then it, best case scenario for Baylor is they start the game – not shooting the ball well, and then finish the game shooting the ball well. Because remember against Kansas, they came out flying. They were making everything. In the second half, they got run out of the building. So I'll take Baylor, um, but I think it's going to be closer than you think. I think this Baylor team is a bit vulnerable. Uh, Missouri, Utah State. Uh, I'm going to take Missouri in this game. Uh, I, I don't have a lot of faith in Utah State. Um, so Missouri. All right. Uh, this is a battle of offense. You have Missouri, a top 15 offense on Ken Palm, and you have Utah State, who's 13th. I believe Missouri is 11th. I don't have it in front of me because uh, it's in a different page of the binder, obviously, so I don't want to flip too far back. But let me just let me just check my stats just in case. Uh, they're 10th. Okay. Utah State won 26 games. Missouri won 24. Utah State resides in Logan, Utah. Missouri resides in Columbia, Missouri. I'm just kidding. I'm not going over all that. Uh, okay. Utah State, big stat. They're 11th in three-point percentage. Missouri 75th, but the flip side, Missouri 13th at two-point percentage, and 
Utah State's 36. So not that big of a difference there. Uh, Utah State got to the championship game of the uh, of the Mountain West tournament against San Diego State. They lost by five, only scored 57 points. That says a lot more about San Diego State's defense than it does about Utah State's offense. Uh, this is a team that won five in a row to finish the regular season, then won two more to so make that seven. Uh, and they can play. They can play a little bit. They got some uh, some good good players at really every spot, I think, in terms of the depth. You might worry a little bit about that, but I think you worry about that with a lot of teams in this uh, in this field. But uh, we'll see. Uh, Max Scholga, Stephen Ashworth, Sean Berstow, Berstow, RJ Idlerock, uh, Taylor Funk, Dan Aiken, kind of their six-man rotation they got going there. Uh, but with that said, give me Missouri. Give me Kobe Brown. I think he's a guy that can elevate a team's ceiling in the tournament. So I will take Missouri and the Mountain West. I am not so high on them given my stat. Uh, Arizona Princeton. Uh, Arizona. Yeah, I think Arizona probably wins this game like 84 to 52 or something. Um, I mean, Princeton defensively is 137th or 103rd offensively. And if you look at the best team they played in the regular season was Iona and they lost by six. So that can't bode well. Right, that can't like you got to play. They haven't played any high major teams this year, and it's like you're being thrown into the fire now against Arizona, who just won the Pac-12 tournament and they won 28 games. So Arizona wins this game uh, handily. Some would say, I would say handily, is how they win that game. Uh, all right, let's shift over to the right side of the bracket, the Midwest region, where Houston is the one seed, and the two seed is the Texas Longhorns. And uh, you got teams with past tournament success in this region. You got some teams with past past tournament success, like Indiana, who hasn't done anything for years. They still think they're a blue blood, which is hilarious to me. Uh, anyway, uh, Houston is going to be playing Northern Kentucky. I assume you're taking Houston, although you never know. Uh, you know, I picked Northern Kentucky to win whatever stupid conference they're in. So why why not Northern Kentucky? Oh, Jesus, I'm no, I'm to... taking Houston. Obviously, I'm going to have to stop that. <laughs> and I'm going to take a quick uh, twenty seconds here. I'm going to let you talk Iowa Auburn again. I'll be back. Uh, you hold on. You didn't say who you were taking. Which game? Houston. I'll take Houston. <laughs> okay. Uh, Iowa-Auburn, <clears throat> I think that it's uh, kind of crap that Auburn uh, gets to play in Birmingham. Uh, Iowa doesn't play defense. Auburn, um, I despise with a burning passion. <clears throat> but uh, I'm still going to pick Auburn here. I, I just think that Iowa, if they're not hot, they're going to be in trouble, and Auburn is going to win this game. So, uh but yeah, so Ethan's uh, he'll be back in like I don't know a half hour maybe, and then we'll keep going. He said he was going to make this four hours. I guess he wasn't joking when he said that. So, uh, that's that's what I know. I just don't think that I was good enough to beat Auburn. What? Here's the thing that I worry about with <clears throat> yes. with, with Auburn, similar to Illinois, Arkansas. Iowa doesn't play the ground and pound Big Ten style. They play something more similar to what they play in the SEC, which is a bit of a track meet. So I don't know who that bodes well for. I'd lean that it bodes well for Iowa. 
And I'm going to say that Fran's not going to lose in the first round in back-to-back years. So I will take the Hawkeyes to win this game. And I will take it because I think you're going to see some back-breaking threes from the likes of uh, Peyton Sanford. And, you know, Tony Perkins gets a superstar whistle for a fourth man on an eight-seed team. Will he get that in the tournament, though? Probably. Bruce Pearl is going to freak out, I'll tell you that. (laughs) Uh, Give me the Hawkeyes. Give me the Hawkeyes. Who'd you pick? Auburn. Okay. Biased. Uh, Okay, Miami and Drake. (laughs) Uh, I'm taking Miami. So Norchad Omir got hurt in the ACC tournament, didn't come back. It was an ankle injury. If he's not back, I still think they can win this game. Uh, I think you you look at their guards and the way they play, and you, they returned a lot of players from last season. Plus they have Nigel Pack this season from Kansas State, who's one of the best transfers. Plus Isaiah Wong still there. Uh, I like Larinaga's track record with some of these Miami teams that he's had. And you look at Drake, you look at the 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 age. They're very old. Uh, 29th in the country in D1 experience. Roman Penn's been there for 100 years. DJ Wilkins is a senior. Garrett Sturts is a senior. Tucker DeVries is the coach's son. They're probably their best player. 6'7", sophomore, plus Darnell Brody. So I believe that four of their five starters were on the team that made it to the tournament two years ago. Um, so, yeah, they're old. They're experienced. I like that about them. But I also like Miami's guards a little bit too much. I will take the Hurricanes. Then we have Indiana, Kent State. Uh, I, you know, people just been they've been talking this into existence. I'm going to take Kent State over Indiana. Kent State has about as good of a non-conference track record as any mid-major team does. And then people will be like, "Well, what does that mean? What is a non-conference track record?" And throw you casuals don't know ball out there. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> they lost to Houston. They got jobbed by the refs. They gave up 49 points at Houston, lost by five. They lost to Charleston by two. And like I said, Charleston just finds a way to win these stupid games. That's why they won 31 games or whatever. And then they lost to Gonzaga by seven in Spokane. So that's pretty good. And they defend really well. They're 38th in the country in defensive efficiency. Uh, They pretty much ran away with the MAC tournament. I mean, they beat – they beat Northern Illinois by 19. They only beat Akron by six. Shout out to John Gross. And they beat Toledo by 15 and just scored 93 points. So for a team that's much better defensively than they are offensively in terms of efficiency, I know efficiency is not all that matters. The stats aren't all that matters. you got to think about the game itself. Um, they can do a lot of different things. I worry about their plan against Trace Jackson Davis. I was going to ask, do they have a big man and will they double? I think Trace can get in trouble when you double him. I think that they can double. Um, they have, in terms of guys that play a lot, in terms of size, they have. Uh, I'm trying to find that some of my numbers are blanked out here for some reason. They have um, Myron Thomas, who's 6'8", Chris Payton, 6'7", Clyron Hornbeak, <laughs> who's 6'9". What a name. So, yeah, nothing 6'10 or above that plays. But I have to think that they would be a team that doubles. They seem like a forward-thinking, defensive-minded, Rob Senderoff team. I think they'll double. And they have – I don't know if they have Trace Jackson Dave, – or I don't know if they have Jalen Huchifino stoppers, but Malik Jacobs, Sincere Carey, and Jalen Solander is a pretty good trio of guards. So, I don't know. I think that this is a tough matchup for Indiana. Uh, they avoid Oral Roberts, which is good for them, because I think Oral Roberts might have killed them in a neutral site tournament setting with their experience. But 
I am going to take the Golden Flashes to win this game. Give me Kent State. First big upset. Well, I didn't pick Furman, so I got two four seeds going down already. That's That bodes well. It usually works out. Uh, all right, Iowa State, and then my pick was Pitt. I believe yours was as well. <clears throat> yeah, I'm going with Iowa State. I don't think – I don't think whoever wins the 11 seed is going to be able to beat Iowa State. Uh, they're rolling, uh, beat Baylor twice. Give me Iowa State. I don't mean to correct you here. I don't know if you can use the word rolling for Iowa State. Uh, they did win two games against Baylor. Uh, but before that, they had lost uh, six of seven and eight of ten. But, you know. That's fine. They did lose Caleb Grill, so I think that maybe helps them a little bit. You're not offending me. You're fine. I feel like I did. 96th in adjusted offense. They can win ugly. They won ugly in the tournament last season when they beat uh, Wisconsin in the second round. But it's a little bit harder to win ugly when you don't have one of the best freshman guards in the country like they did last season with Tyrese Hunter. So I'm taking Pitt. I think I think an 11 seed always wins. Or a playing team usually wins. Last season, for example, Indiana won a play and got killed. Notre Dame beat a hobbled Alabama team after winning a play in last season. Give me Pitt. I like Pitt's experience. I like their just their names are sick. Like I said, not that that matters, but give me Pitt. I think Iowa State's hobbling into this tournament, uh, and I think that they can't win ugly like they did last year. Uh, Xavier, Kennesaw State. This should take five seconds. Xavier. Yeah, Xavier. I don't think Xavier's ceiling is as high as I. Maybe thought it was a couple weeks ago, but I mean, no Fremantle hurts them a lot. They're starting four man. They still have Jack Nunji at the five. He'll be a load for anybody, especially a Kennesaw State team that's not the best. And Colby Jones and Sule Boom are about as good as it gets when it comes to guards and a duo of guards. They might be the best, certainly the best in this region. I think. I think they're better than Marcus Carr and Tyrese Hunter. So, uh, isn't it kind of weird that the Big East has become like a an offensive dominant? league yeah like xavier is top 10 in adjusted offense marquette's top 10 adjusted offense i believe connecticut's close very weird how that's happened uh but i digress of course uh texas and penn state uh i'm gonna go with penn state they uh they had a nice run in the big 10 tournament uh took purdue as far as they probably wanted to go uh Give me shooters over non-shooters, as you say. Sometimes we get kind of uh, obsessed with teams that are coming in off of big tournament runs. Uh And that worries me a little bit. You look at the last couple of Big Ten runner-ups in conference tournaments. Ohio State lost in the first round in 2021 after losing the Big Ten championship. And Purdue lost to St. Peter's, a 15th seed in the Sweet 16 last season. So... That worries me a little bit. Um, a contrast of styles here, but I think that Texas A&M is more of a Big Ten-like SEC team than than a lot of them. Um, they just kind of got overwhelmed by Alabama down the stretch. They're they got guys that have you know been there though. Dexter Dennis is a senior. Uh, Julius Marble, the Michigan State transfer, familiar with with Penn State. Uh, Tyrese Radford is a stud senior, so I'm going to take Texas A&M, but I don't feel the best about it. Um, but I think the team that makes it that far in the big tournament usually doesn't do the the best moving <clears> along. <throat> and I'm assuming that you're going to take Texas over Colgate here. Correct, yes. Yeah, I'm going to take Texas as well, but I want to talk about Colgate for a minute just to give them a little bit of a, a shout-out. 
Uh, Colgate, Matt Langle, terrific job this season. In a lot of years past, 114th on Ken Palm. That's a pretty good team right there for a 15 seed. They went 26 and eight. They uh, they beat Syracuse by 12. I know Syracuse isn't good, but that's that's saying something. They did get run out of the building against Auburn, but that's fine. Uh, they score a lot. They don't defend at all. I think Texas is going to score 90 points in this game. So, uh, yeah, as much as I think Col- Colgate's a fun story, a good team, give me Texas moving on. And we have the Texas A&M, Texas second round on my bracket, mm-hmm. which is another storyline thing right there. All right, the West region, Kansas and Howard. Will this be the biggest blowout in tournament history? Remains to be seen. I'm joking. <laughs> but I will take the Jayhawks. Yeah. All right. I'm going to let you go here. Illinois, Arkansas. Uh, I mean, we talked about this yesterday uh, a little bit, but I feel like these two teams are literally exactly the same, um, except one team has two uh, top 10 draft picks. Uh, but I, I, I'm i going to go homer on this. I, I picked Illinois to win this game. Um I think that it's going to be a slugfest of who shoots 25% from three uh, is going to get the win here. But uh, give me give me Illinois. Uh, Dane Danger has 20 points. I don't envision that happening. Uh, I will take the must-bus Arkansas. Like I said yesterday, I, I hate having to be against the must-bus, but I will say this. Whoever wins this game, I'm going to be rooting for them in the second round. So... I agree. Unless unless Musbus pulls something that I'm like, okay, you know what? But what I love the most about the Musbus is that he was on the Barstool Bracket Show last night, and they asked him about Illinois. And he knew like everything about Illinois right away. I was like, okay, I don't know what that like. He's like, Terrence Shannon, where's number zero? What did Brad Underwood say? I don't know anything about him. That's Shocker. good. Yeah, Shocker. I'll take Arkansas. I mean, what well, a joke. <laughs> My dad said today at lunch, and I, I laughed to myself and didn't say anything. <clears throat> so that's the kind of person I am. He said, "I, I it seems like Illinois plays would play Kansas in the second round of every tournament. And so I had to look it up, and they did in 2011. 11, yeah. um, other than that, I don't think they've been in the same bracket. So I remember why I was during that game. I was at a friend's <laughs> house for that game, and I was thinking, are they going to do this? <laughs> and, and then Illinois kind of got overwhelmed late, but yeah, yeah, I remember that game. Yeah, give me Arkansas. So we now we have the Kansas versus Arkansas second round matchup. How about that? Stat that. How about that? Uh, St. Mary's VCU. I really like what St. Mary's is, and I am struggling to find a winner here after watching VCU yesterday and being like, "Holy shit, this team is good." Yeah, I'm gonna take VCU. That's my uh, five twelve upset. The only one I've picked. So, well. Similar to another team that's in the Midwest region, St. Mary's held Houston in check. They lost to Houston by five and gave up 53 points. Um, and St. Mary's, you want to talk about a team that's been rolling, started the year nine and four. Or, uh, yeah, started the year nine and four. They're now 25 and six. That's 17 and two. They went 14 and two in the conference. Uh, that's actually, they're actually 26 and seven now. So if you want to go the full picture, that's 17 and three um gonzaga was gonna beat anybody with the way they played in the west coast conference championship if gonzaga plays like that this entire tournament they are winning a national championship and i am 100 convinced of that because gonzaga with no pressure is about as dangerous as anybody could be 
So keep your eyes out on that. And in terms of VCU, I hadn't watched that much of them, I'll be honest. <clears throat> I thought eights in basketball was so annoying a lot of the season. I hated watching some of the – like St. Louis always lets everybody down. VCU can defend. And this is a matchup of defense. This is two teams that can defend and pressure the ball. And like I said earlier, I think uh, Ace Baldwin is about as good as it gets when it comes to a guard in this matchup. They have Brandon Johns, who's a good glue guy, uh, transfer from Michigan. So that's now two two Michigan transfers that left Michigan and are in the tournament. Actually, three if you want to count Zeb Jackson, who's also on this VCU team. Frankie Collins of Arizona State. Those guys playing in the tournament. Um, however, I think this comes this game comes down to scoring. And and coaching, and I'm going to trust Randy Bennett, and I'm going to trust St. Mary's to get the job done. I think this game's like a 59-54 late pull away for St. Mary's. Uh, here's the next one, another good one, UConn-Iona. Uh, I, I know that you're really, you, you really like Iona. Um, I thought for a second there they were going to lose in their conference championship. Well, it wraps up the pressure. And for that reason, I am out. Give me UConn. What is this, Shark Tank? Yep. Is that the show that they say that? For that reason, yeah. I'm out? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was making sure. We used to watch <laughs> that in school. Uh, I, I am about the 37th biggest Hurley brother guy that you will find in America. Maybe like 137th. I'm sure there's – but you talk about noticeable, recognizable college basketball names, Hurley and Patino. Two big ones right there. And Danny Hurley has really struggled in the tournament at UConn. Two first-round exits. This year's team is a little bit more unique. They are about as athletic as athletic gets because they have maybe the most athletic player in the country in Andre Jackson. They have Jordan Hawkins who can shoot the balls in an NBA town. They have Adama Sonogo who is a junior and has played a ton of basketball for them. They have Alex Caravan, who's a freshman that can shoot the ball despite his weird form. They have Naheem Alina, a transfer from Virginia Tech, who's a vet. And they have Joey California, a.k.a. Joey Calcaterra, the San Diego transfer that can make some shots we need him to. I love this UConn team. I like Iona, too. I think Iona matches up well against them. However, I will take the Huskies. I think Hurley gets over the hump this year in terms of winning in the tournament. If he doesn't, then you're going to have to have a different conversation about what that program is right now. But I will say UConn. Uh, and we'll be seeing a little bit more Danny Hurley versus Rick Patino next season when Patino is manning the sidelines at St. John's. Uh, TCU Arizona State is the next one. Uh, I'm going to take uh, the Horn Frogs of TCU. Yeah, they, they don't. They won't have Lampkin in this game. Eddie Lampkin left the program, uh, but they still have the talent. You look at Mike Miles, one of the best guards in the country. Damian Baugh is really good. Chuck O'Bannon, of course. Uh, Micah PV, Emmanuel Miller, Jacoby Coles, who is coming back next year, already confirmed. Xavier Clark as well. I like this TCU team a lot. I like them a lot preseason. It didn't look good when they lost their third game of the year to Northwestern State, but they turned it on. They started 13-1. and they're 20 and 11 after a grind in the Big uh, 12. Give me TCU. I already picked one first 14 to win. I'm not going to say both wins, so give me the Horn Frogs. Uh, Gonzaga, Grand Canyon. Uh, Gonzaga. Are you sure? One you... billion percent. 
I mean, the Drew brothers have a good history against Gonzaga. You look at uh, Scott Drew winning a national championship against Gonzaga. Now Bryce Drew at Grand Canyon. I'm so sure, spoiler alert, I got Gonzaga in the championship game. That was a way too unnecessarily of a, of a spoiler. <laughs> I didn't need that. Also, Gonzaga lost to Baylor this year again. So the Drew brothers have a good history against them. However, yeah, Gonzaga is going to win this game by 40. Uh, Grand Canyon <laughs> doesn't defend. They have a pretty good offense. 23rd in the country in three-point percentage. They can dial it up from three. You look at some of those guys like Chance McMillan, who's 42%. You look at Kobe Knox, who's 40%. You look at Noah Bauman, who's a terrific player, 43%, one of their best players, a senior six-foot-six uh, guard slash wing. Uh, Grand Canyon's got a good team. They were in the tournament a couple years ago, lost to Iowa in the first round as a 15 seed. The Antelopes, good nickname and all that. But, yeah, Gonzaga looks like, People use the wagon a lot to describe teams that are rolling. Gonzaga might be the biggest wagon heading into the tournament. They've been playing elite basketball, and they were really good defensively against St. Mary's. So, yeah, I think Gonzaga. Uh, Northwestern, Boise State. Uh, you know, you talked up Boise State so much for the tournament. Um, I'm going to take Boise State here. I hear they can score inside and outside. Uh, and they have so, a distributor, yeah. They got five. And they have a distributor. So, give me Boise State. Your anti Big Ten stuff is is really something here. But you you pick yeah you pick Illinois and you refuse to pick anybody I also else. Pick Penn State and Maryland, but whatever. Yeah, uh, okay. <laughs> anti Big Ten me. <laughs> I will take the Wildcats of Northwestern to win this game. I think Audige and Bowie are going to have a good tournament. So give me them all day, all night, every day. Boom. Uh, UCLA over UNC Asheville. Yes. Yes. Not even going to spend time talking about UNC Asheville on here. I actually just wrote UNC on my bracket on accident, so let me fix that. UCLA. All right. East region. Jesus, we're not even out of the first round yet. Okay. Yeah, but do you really? You won't have to break them down the next round, right? No, I'll have little little things here. Never. I'll, I won't. I'll I'll put the binders away for the next round. Okay. Let's get the East binder now. Here we go. Here we go. We got the notes here, as you can see. Uh, the notes on the teams upside down. All right. Purdue, Texas Southern is my matchup. Give me the Boilermakers. Yep. All right. My favorite 8-9 of the tournament. Screw Illinois. Uh, Memphis, Florida Atlantic. My God, I can't wait for this game. Who you got? I'm going to take Memphis. Uh, they looked really good against Houston yesterday. Uh, Assassinless Houston, to be fair. True, but it still looked really good. So, uh, yeah, give me Memphis. Memphis is physical. They have a lot of talent. And they have something this season that they didn't have last season, which is a guard that can go get 30 any game. And that's Kendrick Davis, the transfer from SMU, who has played his entire career in the American Athletic and has dominated in terms of scoring. DeAndre Williams, I think, is a guy that I – is one of the number – him and Malcolm uh, Dandridge are two guys that are both 6'9", that I think can handle Zach Eady more than any other 6'9 duo. And they got another seven-footer to deal with here in Vladislav Golden of Florida Atlantic. Uh, but I just think that there's a little bit more continuity with this team that I've seen down the stretch with Memphis. Um, Kendrick Davis was number 10 in Ken Palm's Player of the Year standings, which says a lot. Uh, Florida Atlantic knows how to win the 31-3. and They really rolled – 
other than one game against Middle Tennessee to win the Conference USA Championship. This will be a really close game, I think. But uh, give me Memphis to win this game in a close one late. Should be a really fun game. Uh, now we have Duke and Oral Roberts. I'm taking the Dukies. Yeah, I already said a lot about Oral Roberts. Uh, I really wanted to pick them, but I just think the way Duke is playing. Now, would I be that surprised if you have a team as hot as Duke just randomly losing the first round? I I don't think that would be that surprising, but um, I think Duke gets it done here. I think Filipowski carries them to the finish line. I think you actually get a little bit more offense from guys like Dariq Whitehead, who haven't really done much in the offensive end this year, but has a lot of talent. Uh, so I'll take Duke. Uh, Tennessee, Louisiana. Uh, I'm going to take Louisiana in this game uh, because Tennessee doesn't have their point guard or something. I don't know. Yeah, it's a guy Ziegler. You tell out. me. Yeah, it's a guy Ziegler's out. Uh, let's. I, I I think Tennessee can win this game easily. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I do think Tennessee wins. I think it's a tough matchup for Louisiana. They shoot the three well. But now you're facing a team that defends a little bit better than other teams in the Sun Belt. I think Tennessee's almost a lock to lose in round one or two, but I'll say that they lose in round two rather than round one. Give me the volunteers. Without Sakai Siegel, it's going to be tough, but I'll take them. Uh, Kentucky Providence. Uh, I'm going to take Kentucky. I am going to take Kentucky as well. Um if they can figure out the right rotation of Casey Wallace is healthy and Antonio Reeves makes some shots, I like him. Providence is not a very good defensive team. Once again, the trend of the Big East, Providence, great on offense, not so great on defense. That's pretty much every good Big East team at this point, except for the balance of uh, of UConn. Uh, Providence kind of found their way out of the bubble. A couple of weird results to finish the year, at, at least you know losing to St. John's and then getting blown out by Seton Hall. Uh, those were weird results. Uh, this team, Jared Bynum returns, Ed Croswell's back, Bryce Hopkins obviously one of the best players in the conference in the Big East, left Kentucky to go to Providence. Uh, but I'll take Calipari. I don't know why I'm trusting him, but I'll take him. Um, all right, Kansas State, Montana State. Uh, Kansas State. Kansas State has two of the uh, best players in America. That's what I say every single time I think about this game. And, uh, yeah, I don't think Montana State has that, so give me K-State. Uh, Michigan State-USC. Michigan State. This is the one matchup where I haven't even thought about picking against Michigan State. I haven't even thought about it. Like, really? as, good as, as good as Boogie Ellis is as the top point guard for uh, for USC, you have Drew Peterson, who's supposed to be <clears throat> kind of like a sharpshooter for them. He's been hurt. He's playing, but he's hurt. And I believe he was on the field of 68 last night where they said – Drew Peterson has the back injury that Matthew Meyer pretends to have every five seconds. So that was a ricochet shot at Matthew Meyer I heard last night, but just thought I'd put that out there. Uh, Michigan State loved their guards. I think Michigan State has the best chance, the best draw to get to an Elite Eight out of the Big Ten. So uh, I'll take the Spartans right there. Bada bing, bada boom. Uh, Marquette, Vermont. Uh, I'm going to take Marquette. Would be the craziest thing for Marquette to lose this game. It wouldn't be the craziest game. Yeah. Craziest. It wouldn't be the craziest thing for for Marquette to lose this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vermont is another team that in their non-conference are like, let's just start out and get our brains beaten in by better teams and uh, see where we're at. They they started lost to St. Mary's, lost to USC, lost to Iona, 
lost to uh, Yale by 29. Uh, they started two and seven on the season, and they figured it out. Conference play, they dominated a pretty poor America East conference. Uh, had a really slow start against UMass Lowell. They were losing in the America East Championship, but they pulled away one by 13. Uh, they've been close. They gave Arkansas a good game. They gave Florida State a good game a few years ago. I think they'll give Marquette a good game. Predict the Marquette mojo lasts for one more game. Give me the Golden Eagles. Shaka Smart, who last time he was in the tournament, last two times he was in the tournament, got obliterated by North Carolina last year. They got killed by North Carolina in the first round and lost to Abilene Christian in his last year at Texas. Then made one of the smartest moves in the history of coaching, leaving Texas to go to Marquette. Yes. And then getting hair and then becoming like, (laughs) yeah, what they've become. All right. Binders are gone now. Training wheels, they're gone. The the rails for the bowling are gone. I no no uh no cop outs now with the with the thing and the thing. All right. Here we go. Uh let's see. We'll start with your uh matchup in the uh first and uh, second round of the South region. Alabama, Maryland, I believe, right? <clears throat> yes, that's who I have. Uh, I'm gonna take Alabama. I'm taking Alabama over West Virginia. I don't think that any team outside of Arizona can match up with Alabama in the South region. I said that earlier. Uh, my second-round matchup in the next uh, game here is San Diego State and Furman, and yours is San, San Diego, Diego State, Virginia. State, Virginia. Yep. Who you got? I got San Diego State. Um, I think, Like I said, I think Virginia is good enough to get past Furman, but they're going to struggle. Um, so I, I got San Diego State winning that game. Give me the give me San Diego State um, to get to the Sweet 16. The only exception in the Mountain West for me is San Diego State. I think they get there. Why not? Good matchup. Uh, NC State Baylor is my second round here, Sorry. and that's yours as well. Yes. Yes. Who you got? I got Baylor. I think Baylor could be in trouble here. I really do. Uh, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> don't do it. Uh, Scott Drew, Kevin Keats, Scott Drew, Kevin Keats, uh, LJ Cryer, Turk Smith, Adam Flagler, Turk Hill Joyner, Keontae George Lottery pick, Flo Thamba, and Jonathan Chimwachachwa haven't been as good uh, at protecting the rim as usual. He's TJ Burns. Um, don't do it. Don't do it. Scott Drew is a great coach. He won a national championship. They have players that return. They have a lottery pick. Baylor. I'll take Baylor. Okay. I See, I talked myself out of that one. All right, we're good. We're good. Uh, Missouri, Arizona is mine. And yours is Utah State, Arizona? Nope, Missouri, Arizona. All right, because when you picked otherwise, that's all right. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I've been talking about how I think Utah State sucks. So um, I'm going to take Arizona. I think there's a zero percent chance that Arizona's size could be combated by Missouri, right? I mean, how yeah. the hell are they going to keep up with Omar Balo and Azulis Tabellas? That's six ten seven one right there, and Missouri plays what? Like, don't they play like Kobe Brown at the five? I mean, like, come on, there's no way. Trevon Brazil was a big loss, big loss for yeah. Missouri last season. So they don't have that rim protector. All right, let's go over to the right. Houston and Iowa is my second round matchup. Yeah, Houston Auburn. Uh, poor Houston doesn't even get home court advantage, uh, but I'm still going to pick Houston to win this game. 
I feel like Houston's due for an earlier exit than usual, given the fact that they went, what, Elite Eight Final Four the last two years? Yeah. Elite Eight lost last year to Villanova and Final Four lost to Baylor two years ago. Um, I'm going to take Houston over Iowa. I think Houston, too athletic, too much size. I mean, Iowa's going to look really slow compared to Houston, I think, or really less athletic is what I want to say. Okay, I got Miami-Kent State in my next matchup. Same. Um, I got Miami winning this game. (sighs) (laughs) This is a hard one. That's what she said. Uh, I will take – I will take – Oh my God! If Norchad Omer is not healthy, Miami's in trouble. Miami's also like a perfectly built team to make a little bit of a a fun run because they don't really play any defense. And it's like Kent State's good defensively. Kent State, I'm taking Kent State. God, I'm going to look dumb when they lose to Indiana in the first round. That is going to be a bad look for me. Uh, my next matchup is Pitt and Xavier. I got Iowa State Xavier. I got Xavier winning. My keyboard just fell because I slapped the table after I picked Kent State. Uh, give me Xavier. I'm a little bit worried about Xavier in terms of how bad they looked. And that, like, Marquette didn't even play well against Xavier on the offensive end, and they killed him anyway. That's a worry. Uh, but give me Xavier to win it. And then my next one is the vaunted Texas A&M-Texas matchup. Yeah, I got Penn State-Texas. Uh, I think Texas will win that game. Uh, Texas is looking pretty good as of late. So give me Texans. Horns up, as they say. Is that what they say? Sure. Yeah. I will take Texas, but Texas A&M had me thinking there for a minute. Uh, All right. (laughs) I have Kansas versus Arkansas in the second round. Uh, Kansas, Illinois. Uh, Kansas is going to win. Secret scrimmage or not, don't give me that BS. Kansas wins this by 15. (laughs) I'll take Kansas over Arkansas as well. Uh, it'll be close, though. I think Arkansas can keep up with them for 40. Uh, I have St. Mary's UConn. I got VCU UConn. I got UConn one in this. Yep, you're welcome. I'm taking St. Mary's over UConn. I, this is a show-me spot. I want Hurley to show me that he can get Just out show of me. to the second weekend. Uh, I'll take St. Mary's, though. Uh, all right. TCU Gonzaga is my next. Same. Uh, you know my pick. <laughs> Gonzaga. And I'm sure you know mine as well. Gonzaga. TCU. Oh, I, I thought you were a big TCU guy. What happened to that? Gonzaga's on a heater, sir. Uh, Northwestern UCLA is my next. I have Boise State UCLA. And give me the Blue Mustangs. Beating UCLA. That's not what their name is. Uh <laughs> I think the committee wants a Gonzaga-UCLA classic like we've seen before, yep. so I'm going to take the Bruins. I'm, you're, you're, you think that Jaime Hawkins and Tiger Campbell are going to lose in the second round to a team from the Mountain West? There is a 0% chance of that happening. Zero. Okay. Your pick stinks. All right. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Got a little flair for the show, huh? We could just yeah. agree with each other the whole time. Yeah. Nobody wants to see that. Uh, Purdue-Memphis in that. the East region. Purdue-Memphis. Oh, Purdue-Memphis. Uh, I'm going to take Purdue. I know everybody's saying, oh, Memphis is going to pressure them. Uh, I did see a stat that uh, Purdue's (laughs) offense is actually not that bad against the press, supposedly, according to Purdue fans. Yeah, but look at the last two weeks. 
I'm just saying. And that's the thing. Big Ten coaches like never pressed them until they had to. Right. Never did till till the end of the game. The lights are going to be too bright for Purdue's guards. I know it's a really popular pick, and I hate doing that, but Memphis, I like this Memphis team a lot. I got to say, Penny Hardaway, I like his team a lot this year. Uh, I've been hating on him for three years. So, well, Kendrick Davis completely changes the trajectory and the dynamic of this team. And they got rid of Imani Bates, who played for a, like a five win Eastern Michigan team this year. Had a good year, but come on, it's not a winning player at the college level. Um, I'm going to take Memphis. I don't want to fall into that trap, but I am. So, why not? Give me Memphis. Uh, my next is Duke and Tennessee. I have Duke, Louisiana. Duke wins by 40. I got Duke and Tennessee, like I said. Uh, give me Duke. I don't think Tennessee's getting to the second weekend. No way. Uh, Kentucky, Kansas State. I uh, I got the same. I'm going to pick Kentucky. Go on a little run here. Did you know that Kansas State is two of the best players in the country? Uh, yes, I did know that. And honestly, Jerome Tang might be the best coach in this region. He's right there probably with Matt Painter for me. And uh yeah, I'm taking I'm taking K State. I think Kansas State, Keontae Johnson's familiar with the SEC playing at Florida. Uh Marquise Noel is a great scorer and better than anything Kentucky has to offer on a consistency basis in terms of scoring at the guard position. So I will take them. Uh Michigan State Marquette is my next. Uh I have the same. I'm gonna take Marquette. Um I think Michigan State has enough in them. No no interior game. But here's the thing. Marquette and USC don't really have that either. So I think that's great, great draw for Michigan State. I'm taking Michigan State to beat Marquette. I think Marquette's a team that we saw get super hot. Obviously not just super hot. They've been elite all season. But I'm saying at the end of the year, they were scorching. And how well they played. 17-3 in the Big East is nothing to snuff at. Um, but – like, let's say, for example, Illinois, who played their way into a one seed in 2021, they lost in the second round. There's always a team that does that, and for this one, I'm going to say that it's going to be Marquette that does that, and Michigan State has too many good guards. They have January, February Izzo on their side. Give me the Spartans to the Sweet 16. Uh, all right, back up to the South region, Alabama, San Diego State. Is my uh, Alabama. Is that yours as well? Yeah. I'm taking Bama. Uh, like I said, I think San Diego State can defend them in some ways, but I don't think that they'll be able to have enough. I think Bama wins it. Talent overrules, plus they have pretty much everything you want for a championship-level team. Uh, Baylor, Arizona. Uh, Baylor. I give that a 0% chance of happening. Uh, give me Arizona. Wait, hold on. Arizona, I mean. I have Arizona. Sorry. Say, Sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was on the wrong line. I will take Arizona. Like I said, Alabama-Arizona will be a great matchup. Both sides have the length to keep up. Um, yeah, I, I I like I like Arizona a lot, so I'll take Arizona to beat Baylor. That's a nice dog. Uh, Midwest. Uh, the Midwest, we have Houston-Miami. I'm going to take Houston. I don't, I don't know if I like Houston going that far, but I did this Dare- five minutes before we started, and this is what I picked. Dare I say revenge spot. For the Golden Flashes after getting screwed at Houston. Houston's going to win. <laughs> okay. Kent State, I'm not talking myself into Kent State as an Elite Eight team. Sorry. Uh, all right. I have Xavier, Texas. Xavier, Texas. I'm going to take Xavier. X going to give it to you, as they say. 
give me Texas. Give me the guards of Texas. I, I like I said, I think Xavier has the better guards, but I think Texas too good defensively. Um, I think Texas will defend Xavier really well. So give me the Longhorns, which sets me up for the top of my bracket on both sides, the top left and top right. I have the one seed versus the two seed. So I'm going to get a little bit more chaotic at the bottom here. I got one, two, uh, one, three. All right, let's go to the West. The West. uh, I have Kansas UConn, I believe. (laughs) Uh, I got Kansas winning. I'm going to take Kansas over St. Mary's, but I can't say that I wasn't thinking about making a St. Mary's-Gonzaga Elite Eight matchup. I was thinking about it. Uh, but I'm going to take Gonzaga over UCLA and Kansas over St. Mary's. I got Gonzaga over Boise State. I'm going to get absolutely insane in the East region here because I think the East region is the dumbest and the weirdest out of them all Okay. in terms of diversity of picks. Uh, I got Memphis Duke. Kendrick Davis to the Elite Eight. I'm taking Memphis. Wow. Uh, I have Purdue Duke. Um, And... I picked Duke to win this game, but it's interesting. Shot quality just put this out two hours ago. Um, in the last five years, uh, not counting COVID, I guess, uh, the team with the number one shot quality has won the championship three times and was the runner-up once. Do you know who the number one team in shot quality is? This season? Yep. Duke? Purdue. Purdue, sorry. That's what I was going to say. I was trying Purdue's, to think if you were. So will Purdue choke that streak? So, oh, God. Uh, yes. I'm going to say yes. Duke beats Purdue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kansas State, Michigan State is my game. Do I put an eight versus seven in the Elite Eight? I mean, <laughs> tifting, it's tifting. Uh, yes, I will. Screw it. Michigan State. Wow. Uh, I got Kentucky, Marquette, and I am going to go with Marquette, Shaka Smart, to the lead eight. All right, Alabama, Arizona at the south. Alabama. You talk about the ability to counter the size, the ability to have tough old guards and a little bit of a mixed-in uh, flavor of a young guard like Kylan Boswell, who's going to be a superstar, I think, at this level. I think Arizona matches up well. I think Tommy Lloyd can come together with a put together a game plan that can kind of frustrate Alabama on both ends. Mm-hmm. I think Alabama is prone to having a bad shooting game in this tournament at some point, which if they do, they're done. And I think they're prone to get out of control at times. And I don't see that with Arizona at all. Arizona's older. Uh, I'm taking Arizona. Arizona, the final four. Uh, Houston and Texas. I have Houston and Xavier, and I'm going to take Xavier to the final four. I mean, it's written in the stars. You have the Final Four in Houston. You have Jim Nance, who's a Houston alum, calling his final Final Four. Okay. So I'm taking Houston over Texas. Okay. I don't feel good about that, but I'm doing it. Uh, Kansas, Gonzaga. Uh, Gonzaga. <laughs> Me as well. Like I said, Kansas is pretty vulnerable this year. No in- inside presence. How the hell are they going to slow down Drew Timmy? And I think they, if, if Nolan Hickman and Hunter Salas and the other guards that they have, Julian Strother is a big part of this team as well. And Anton Watson might be the most important player for this team. So I think Gonzaga matches up well, and I think Kansas is vulnerable. But the streak is alive for Bill Self. Eight of ten Elite Eights as a one seed this would be. Uh, so I'm going to take Gonzaga, though. Uh, my next one in the East is uh, 
one that I don't think a lot of people will have. M- Memphis and Michigan State, eight versus a seven. Pretty good stuff. Yeah. I have Duke Marquette. Uh, I'm going to pick Marquette. I'm going to have uh, two Big East teams in the final four. I just can't envision a scenario where Penny Hardaway outcoaches or has a team that beats Tom Izzo's team. And I may be getting sucked into something here, but I've said the entire time I think the Big Ten's best chance of a Final Four run is Michigan State, and it's because of the guards. And, like, it's not like they don't have anybody to play in the post. Like, Sissoko is somewhat capable. And they have young uh, Carson Cooper and some freshmen there. Uh, But I'm going to take Michigan State. Oh, my God. Their guard scoring with A.J. Hogarth, Tyson Walker, and Jaden Higgins can match what Kendrick Davis is going to do. And Memphis is not a dominant post team either. They have two guys that are 6'9". I can't wait till till they lose to U, USC in first. I'm taking round. a huge risk with the East because there's a good chance both of these teams lose in the first round. <laughs> but there's always that stupid region. And last year it was the fact that we had eight seed North Carolina against 15 seed St. Peter's in the Elite Eight. So suck sure. on that. It's not the craziest thing in the world. Uh, my first Final Four game is Arizona Michigan State, and I think Arizona wins that thing pretty easily. I got Alabama Marquette. I got Alabama winning. All right, uh, I have Houston Gonzaga. I'm gonna let you go first. I can turn in the stars. I got Xavier Gonzaga, and as I spoiled an hour and a half ago, I got Gonzaga in the national championship once again. Gonzaga with no pressure is so dangerous. I don't know if I see this group of guards getting to a national championship, though. Oh, man. I'll take Gonzaga. Why not? <laughs> you know what this means? I have the the, I mean, the, 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 the master, of the teacher versus the student, Mark Few versus Tommy Lloyd. Tommy Lloyd came cool. over from Gonzaga. Both these programs are very similar in the way that they run things and play things. Um and I think the Wildcats are national championship good. I said that before. So Tommy Lloyd's going to win national championship in his second season. Give me Arizona uh, to win it all. I got Alabama and Gonzaga here. I got Gonzaga going back to a national title. Uh, sadly, they will fall short once again. Give me Alabama winning it all. They've been the best team all year. Continue will continue to be the best team. Uh, run it out, Alabama not just a football school or something like that. Sure. Uh, Okay, so I have Arizona over Gonzaga. You have Alabama over Gonzaga. So screw the East and the Midwest. Yeah. Uh, So real quick before we go here, we have the first block on Thursday. Always something to look forward to. Uh, The first block of games on Thursday will be Maryland, West Virginia. Furman, Virginia, Utah State, Missouri, and Howard versus Kansas. The second block on Thursday will be SEMO or Corpus Christi against Alabama, Charleston or The College against San Diego State, uh, Princeton against Arizona, and Illinois, Arkansas. And then your evening Thursday games, you'll have Auburn versus Iowa, Oral Roberts versus Duke, Colgate versus Texas, Boise State versus Northwestern. Uh, and then the night games of Northern Kentucky versus Houston, Louisiana versus Tennessee, Penn State versus Texas A&M, and UNC Asheville against UCLA. And then Friday, early games on Friday, USC Michigan State, Kennesaw State Xavier, UC Santa Barbara Baylor, 
VCU St. Mary's, Vermont Marquette in the afternoon, Mississippi State or Pitt against Iowa State, NC State Creighton, and then 3.30 p.m. TBS in Albany, Iona, UConn. I was hoping that would be a night game, but that's all right. And then the evening, you'll have uh, Texas Southern or Fairleigh Dickinson against Purdue, Providence, Kentucky, Drake, Miami, Grand Canyon, Gonzaga. And then at night, you'll have FAU Memphis, Montana State, Kansas State, Kent State, Indiana, Arizona State, or Nevada against TCU. So I'm going to have to wait for one of my Sweet 16 teams to play in their first game. It'll be the second to last game, Kent State. Great. And Memphis, I'm going to have to wait forever, too. So that my bracket sucks. All right. <laughs> that's where we're at on that. Um, all right. Anything else? I mean, we got the playback stuff coming up. Tomorrow, uh, I can't yeah, I'm guarantee. To go to something tomorrow, so I don't know if I'll be around. But... Well, you know that's all right. Uh, I, uh, I should be around Wednesday for sure. So, Simo and Texas A&M Corpus Christi will play at five forty Central tomorrow, and then you you'll have Pitt and Mississippi State about eight ten is the projected time Central, but I think it'll be a little bit later than that. Uh, so I can't promise that I'll be doing the first game on Playback TV but I plan on doing the second game. And then for sure on Wednesday, I will be doing the second game, Nevada, Arizona state. And I don't know what's going to happen the rest of the week. Probably not much playback Thursday or Friday, if at all. Uh, so yeah, that's where we're at. And uh, all right. Uh, we will be back on here. Uh, hopefully we can get one done before the second round. So that would have to be Friday night or something. I don't know, whatever. Uh, we'll try to do that. If not, we'll just do, the first two rounds, talk about that in the Sweet 16 preview. So either, either one will happen, one of the two. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. we got the Illini Basketball Podcast coming up later this week, preview the Arkansas game. And, yeah, I I almost doubled the length of last year's bracket breakdown this year. Pretty impressive stuff if you ask yes, me. Yes, you did. But it's only half as long as you thought it was going to be. So That's true. Well, I'm about that's, to lose it here. So, all right. Uh, that'll do it for us. We'll see everybody on the Atlanta Basketball Podcast. See you on playback.tv slash Ethan Carter SW. And we will see you later on with this and Sweet 16 discussion. And our brackets are both bad. Mine's probably worse, but let's be <laughs> honest about something here. So, uh, yeah, we'll see everybody later this week. Later.